Time to go north of the border? Yeah. That place to be. How's it up there today? It's uh, not bad. A little murky. I don't know. It's uh, chilly here. Side. No snow. There ain't no snow. It feels like it's going to snow here. Well, good hey, luck to you. You should see Duff the salesman. He just walked into the, uh, you know, he thinks he's hey, still. Hey, Duff, looking. you fairy. He thinks yeah. that he's uh, still working over here. There's a big sign that says no salespeople allowed. And yeah. there he is in the control room. But yeah. he's all dressed up. He's in a, he's a suit now. Yeah. Yeah, now that he's a sales guy, he's wearing a suit and tie and. You fairy. He's a fashion plate. Is that what it is? Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Is the Beast there? I want to tell the Beast that I was right about the Dollar Wheel of Fortune. Don't ever play it again. Beast is uh, also in a very crowded control room right now. Is he really? I, I hope there's nothing wrong the way they're uh, they looking like they're in panic in there. Somebody passed out in there? What's going on? No. Beast is uh, making his way this way. Oh. He's getting out of there. But uh, Fix-It's in there. Duff's in there. and oh, Maybe they're having some technical difficulties. That's a QM specialty. Yeah. I like the massage. Yeah. Here's uh, the beast. Don't have play the dollars, okay? I uh, lied. Uh, you, you went back to it? Well, most of them are closed down because they're switching over to the tickets now instead of the coins. Right. But uh, the ones up front, most of them are still open. But I, uh, they were busy, so I went in the back and I played the $5 for a little bit. And, I won, I was, uh, and then I played a little uh, Monte Carlo uh, spin to win. And what are you laughing about? It was up about 1100 bucks. How about the Blazing Sevens? We, I, I looked at the jackpots on those. Those are crap. There's just no upside. I want to play stuff where there's an upside, okay? So anyway, did you listen to what I just said? I got two spins on a $5 machine. Wow. And I'm up about 1100 bucks with that in Monte Carlo. And then like a schmuck, I go back, uh, you know, we just uh, were hooked on that stuff. I told you. It's I go back there, and I hit like uh, 500 bucks twice and 400 uh, and I still lost. So to make a long story short, I gave back what I was ahead, but I didn't, I, you know, went home even. But uh, that convinced me. Try other stuff, you know. Five, if you're going to play Wheel of Fortune, play the $5. There's no upside in the dollars for suckers. Except for one schmuck, this nasty old bastard. He's playing a machine, and people are waiting in line. He reaches over and puts a $100 bill in the machine next to him. And he had no business doing it because there's other people waiting. You know, you're not supposed to play two machines when it's busy. Right. And a bastard gets $3,000 on the line. Oh, Piece of crap. Ridiculous. I wanted to just puke all over him. Of course, nobody would notice the smell of Woodbine because it, it goes with the ambiance. <laughs> oh, what a place. Anyway, uh, so I guess the Mad Dog had a little bit of a uh, accident yesterday, speaking of uh, hysteria. Mistaken identity? Yeah. Case of mistaken identity and uh, trashed everybody on Channel 6 for an hour. I didn't hear it, but I heard, I heard my it. reports about it. You heard it? Yep. Gave inside uh, stories about people, um, all kinds of incestuous stuff going on there at Channel 6. Oh, I didn't hear up, that. that. That's what I heard. Didn't hear it, but I heard about it. I just heard him say that they better watch their, watch themselves over there because he's going to be the watchdog. Is that it? Or the mad I heard, dog. I heard there was a lot more than that. I didn't hear that part. Anyway, then he came back allegedly after the break. I heard that part. Said, that said, oops, end. it was a Channel 7. Yeah. Wow. That was really not... All right. No, that was uncool. Well. If you're going to start trashing people, at least trash the people who deserve it. I didn't hear them, him trashing people, but I missed that well, part. Well, maybe I got it. a bad report. He never, uh, he never said any names or anything. Yeah. He, uh, all I heard him say was he mentioned the names in the context of saying that if you all have a kid in rehab or you have a personal problem or something, I'm going to find out about it. Yeah. And uh, well, I've got a microphone. Who's got a kid in rehab? Nobody. What about, said the, what about your fat-ass governor? He's got a kid in rehab. I he, doesn't work at, in rehab. he doesn't work at ch Channel 6. How do you know that? The governor? Do something after this year. I hear he's uh, going to leave the country. Yeah. Maybe he can go to maybe he can go to Bahrain with Michael Jackson. Trade missionary. Couple of weirdos that we don't want to see again. Fat ass Jeb Bush and Michael Jackson. And maybe he can also sing on the Pope's new CD. Michael Jackson may be on it. You see that? 
Yeah, and then fat-ass governor can sing on it. He'd be fine with me if he left. No, kiss him goodbye. Too late, though. Look at all the damage he's done. He can take Alan Brown with him. Downtown Alan Brown. And, of course, your new governor. Uh, what the hell's his name? The um, attorney general. Charlie Chris. Charlie Chris. Charlie uh, Gay. Uh, Chris. You fair. Right. And then maybe Mark Foley can be his uh, better half. So what about this uh, ESPN thing? This is very disturbing. This is just an ABC. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot because you work for those people, but nevertheless. Which, what, uh, which what is an disturbing? abortion? What an abortion. Oh, the group they put together? The Monday Night Football, the best they can do is Mike Tirico, who's, I mean, my, my little minpin would have been a better play-by-play person than Mike Tirico. Uh, Joe Theismann, who's just marginal at best, barely tolerable. And Tony Kornholer. I mean, what is that? Huh? They well, keep what? trying to reinvent Howard Cosell, and it ain't right. going to happen. And how many times have I told you that? They can't do it. There was only one Howard Cosell. Yep. It's like Einstein. There was one Einstein. There's not going to be another one. It's like uh, anything. I'll tell you, Tony is very good at what he does. At uh, what he does? Yeah. Oh, here he goes again, yeah. Well, he, he's a great columnist. Yeah. He's a great humorist. So was so so Drew Pearson was a great columnist. Do you, do you think he should have been on Monday Night Football? Neil, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. He's great at what he so does. So was Jack Anderson. Go ahead. Now they're putting him in a, in a different kind of an arena altogether. Yeah. Trying to recreate Howard Cosell and his greatest well, Tony no is. I don't know that he can do that. Can't do it. So. And Mike Tirico is so weak. I like you, re- you realize how desperate it is these days? You know, I, I guess... What's happened over the last 20 years or so is that they've discouraged all the young people from you know, trying to be play-by-play people because all the ex-jocks get the jobs. And as a result, there's like there's nobody. I mean, you know, let's face it. I know Al's a friend of yours, but Al and Madden, six more years. I mean, for Christ's sakes, what are they going to do, bury them on the ear? God, God almighty, Madden must be 100 years old already. He's only and 78. Already like a little long. Is he? 68. Yeah, well, it seems like <laughs> 78. Good God. Get somebody new, and, and, you know, just like on the, all these, uh, now that they got these 80s Indian games that they got to broadcast. Well, that, you, you, just, you just said it. Who? Somebody well, new, like, but, but first of all, you know something, Neil? There is no new talent out there. A, that, that's why you got Mike Tirico is young. Yeah. He is. But he's, well, that, maybe he's young, but he's not good. That's, that's the problem. Well, then who do you want? Who's Stan out there? Major. How about Stan Major? That's a good name. Yeah. It's like so you I, said. There, they have I just said there is no new talent. I just got through telling you that because all the ex-jocks took the jobs, so now there are no uh, budding young uh, sportscasters coming along. Howard from Boca. Yeah, he he's available. He's uh, budding young sportscasters, not older than Methuselah. <laughs> Although, I'll to be honest with you, he'd be an improvement over Mike Tirico if he had any idea who was on the field. I mean, but you know, he sure as hell does a better job than Mike Tirico with you know trying to be a fair and not letting your prejudices interfere. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> Have, you heard, Which I know is impossible Have you heard Tirico do football? Yes, he did the Orange Bowl game. He sucks. Very boring. Aside from that. Yeah, and, and, and of course, along with Theismann and uh, Tony Kornholer, that ought to be a really scintillating broadcast. It'll bring, it'll bring rekindle all those memories of... In fact, the only one that'll rekindle memories of is Gifford, because he was the only boring one of the three. Oh, i got to be Everybody honest with you. Everybody hates this guy. Cosell was great, but I didn't like uh, Meredith. I never liked that crap. Would it? Turn off the lights, the party, and all the singing and the crap. I didn't like him. I mean, the, the broadcasts were fun because of Cosell, but not Don Meredith, Dandy Don. Just uh, And then, of course, they had O.J. on there for a while. He killed me and others. <laughs> and who else did they have on? I liked Meredith. No, I did not. I hated him. 
Turn out the lights, the party, the real redneck, you know, real Yahoo. I'm I, not into Yahoo. I thought the combination of Cosell and Meredith worked. Yeah, that worked okay, yeah. But it, but that was because of Cosell. If you take Cosell out of the mix, uh, what do you got left? You well, know? Meredith did a pretty good job of uh, of being a foil at times. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Yeah, Well, it was a good it was a great telecast, but most because of Cosell. I mean, Gifford is as vanilla as tapioca pudding. He's just terminal. And, and and barely barely even literate. He's like semi uh, almost illiterate. And you know it's true. I know you don't want to say it because he's not one of your buddies, but he's uh, horrible. There just there just aren't that many great sportscasters. We've been through this a million times. The good sportscasters are all dead. God, there used to be so many. Remember Frank Lieber that used to do the Browns games? Yeah, I do. Oh God, was he good? And Ken Coleman did the games on uh, television. Well, Frank Lieber used to work for CBS. Frank Lieber was uh, in Dallas. He also did the Cowboys. Remember? Yeah. He was great. And even Chris Shankle is a dead. Not that he was all that great, but he sure was better than Mike Tirico. He faked him out of his jockstrap. Uh, he faked him out of his shoes. I, never, I, I just, that sticks in my mind. That's from like 50 years ago. That's a true story. Got a little carried away. And you couldn't say jockstrap on the year 1956. I mean, God forbid. But he said it on live TV. That was almost as bad as Janet Jackson and her <laughs> booby flap. Well, and, of course, they, uh, you know, bleeped a couple of words off the uh, Stones thing there. The Stones, the Stones, I think, are the same age as uh, John Madden now, 110. Too much old fuddy-duddy stuff. You know, I think it's time the, uh, By the way, the, way the, the young, you know the who bleeped Turks. the uh, Stones was done in the stadium. Yeah. It was not done on television. Really? Although they were on a five-second delay, they never used it. I, I think pretty soon the whole world is going to be on a 30-second a, a delay. You know? About 30, man. But they, they, but they, but they bleep the stones cartoons, from the stadium. All cartoons will also be published on a 30-day delay. Just They'll have to clear it with the whole world first to make sure nobody gets offended. And then, of course, your president. And that service would not be possible. With well, he ought to be on a 30-year delay. You know? <laughs> After I'm dead and buried, then you can bring him back. I don't want to see him no more. Oh, brother. In fact, I'd rather get Mo back than see this uh, Bushmeister. Uh, well, that's Mo a tough good call. for a few laughs. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. So you don't mind that the Monday Night Football thing? Well, I guess you want to continue working for ESPN and ABC, so you like it. <laughs> I didn't say I liked it. I didn't say yeah. anything. Kind of reminds me of Marshall Cassidy calling the races at Belmont and Aqueduct. Same, you know, there's some nepotism involved somewhere. Remember Marshall Cassidy? Sure. God, he was awful. Well, the Monday Night thing is going to happen. Dave a... Johnson told me that he was like related to somebody. He was. Uh, yeah, he was bad. Son. He was terrible. He wasn't as bad as Mike Pataglia, your good buddy. But oh, he's just. Horrible. I don't think Mike Pataglia is good. He's brutal. No, he's not just not good. He's horrible. He's just embarrassing, humiliating, and degrading. But he's a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He tries hard, but finds the subject yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just uh, isn't ready for prime time. He, he would be great at the old... County fair harness races, you know, that's what he sounds like to me. He's a county fair kind of guy. Like in Sturgis, Michigan, or Hillsdale. He'd be perfect there. Lima, Ohio, or maybe Solon, Ohio, where Mad Dog's from. You know, Mad Dog that ripped Channel 6 all day yesterday? Solon, Ohio. You know that Joe Marsh Jr., the great driver from Findlay, Ohio, he once drove a horse called Solon Pick. That's the only reason I can think of Solon, Ohio. I wonder if Solon and Findlay, Ohio, are close together. I think we'll they to are. That. Are they? Yeah. You know where, you never, you've actually heard of Findlay, Ohio? Yes. Wow, that's scary. But you never heard of Joe Marsh Jr., though, I'll guarantee you no, that. No, I have not. No. Hockey and harness racing, man, I could talk circles around you on that. At least harness racing, there's something going on. The flats, you sit there and you wait and you wait. You have nothing going on. And they come out like China dolls in the post parade and look like if they, if they even breathed hard, they would fall down and crack right on the track. And it's just very unfortunate. It's boring. I guess I missed that. 
Which is why you got to have uh, you got to have uh, big name entertainment like Gary Puckett and Union Gap and the Brooklyn Bridge with Johnny Maestro. Bring the crowd out for some excitement. <laughs> Johnny Maestro, like they've done a Gulfstream. Of course, all those people I remember those groups are all dead. But nevertheless, <laughs> who was the? I was yesterday. There was a story about some guy Duarte, and I kept thinking, remember the jockey was really hot for about ten minutes. George Duarte. Duarte. George Jorge Duarte. Remember him? Yep. Oh, yeah. You don't remember Gary Cohen, though, and you keep forgetting to ask Eddie Kay about Gary Cohen. I haven't seen Eddie Kay. And his brother, Marty Cohen. Huh? I haven't seen Eddie Kay in a while. Well, you, I'm telling you, this is an assignment I've been... Uh, you're slipping, man. I've been asking you about this for months now, and you, I can't believe that you're, you're just putting me on. Because, first of all, how many Jewish jockeys have ever ridden in South Florida in the first place? Walter Blum. I mean, plenty of drivers, but, yeah, well, Walter Blum, is, isn't he dead now? He was a steward for about 50 well, years. Walter's around. Is he? He's about 110 years old. And you got to uh, a whole lot of Jewish jockeys. No, they're not. Well, there was now David Cohen in California. You finally figured out who he is, right? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, but Gary Cohen, you don't know, and he was right there in your backyard. I didn't Julio, remember Julio him. Pizua. Yeah, he's Jewish. Victor Molina, he's Jewish. <laughs> Jose Velez Jr., he was Jewish. My friend Mike this, Gonzalez was Jewish. Sounds like an Adam Sandler routine. Oh, and yesterday I mentioned Bobby Breen. You remember Bobby I Breen? I remember him, yes. Long shots. Man, I cast some good tickets on Bobby Breen. He wasn't like the greatest rider, but boy, on a, on a price, he was always dangerous. Bobby Breen. I remember him. And I really care whether the audience doesn't like this, and I, I'm loving it. I enjoy it, all the old. <laughs> yeah, I do. I enjoy those good old days. I don't know how good they were, but... And then who is the Rick Squartino? I remember him. He had a little nose problem, but boy, Rick was really hot there for one year or whatever it was, and all of a sudden he had a little, uh, got, got uh, you know, too much money too fast and had some problems. He was on my show one time, Rick Squartino, in INZ. Did you watch the Grammys? You were on my show in INZ with the Tony Cigaretta one time, too, and I said, Crane Fresh or something like that, and you both looked at me like I was a lunatic. Remember you know, Crane Fresh? I, you know, something like, sure, I remember. Crane remember Fresh. that show? You know, I remember being on your show... When you were there, when I was suspended from WIOD. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, you had me on. Yeah. And I had said something about you in a, in a Miami news story. Oh, because I, I was asked uh, who, what my favorite radio show was or something, and I mm -hmm. said you. Yeah. And that's the uh, first time I met you. Well, I'll be damned. Yep. I don't think that's right. The first time you met me was on that panel of Larry King when I was like, uh, Bill Carter had me doing a couple weekends on there, and Larry had me on with you and Sig Shy and Phil Saltzman talking about uh, gambling or handicapping or some such crap. You were on that panel. I was? Yeah, that's when Larry was having his panel. That was probably his first panel. You know, Larry's always got these great panels. Yeah. We were the first panel. Sig, Sig Shy is probably dead. Phil Saltzman uh, is no, Sig gone. Shy is long gone. Yeah. And uh, you and me and Phil. So there's three Jews still around. And uh, How's Phil doing, by the way? You see Phil Saltzman anymore? Uh, I saw him at... Uh... I think I saw him at Gulfstream that the, the Great one. Guy. The, the one I Even though he gave uh, his hockey tickets to some real jackasses, but I don't go to the games anyway, so what do I care? That would figure. Yeah. Well, well, well how am I going to go to the games? If I don't go to the games here, why would I go to the games there? You know, no, I would figure that, that's what would get his hockey tickets. Yeah. Well, let's, look, we already did it with the jockeys. We're not going to start with that hockey stuff now. Okay. We'll save that for, for tomorrow. <laughs> well, listen, have a great day. I'm already way past the first break. Tell Love Fix It that I said hi and stay the hell away from here. Don't ever even think about coming up here. Okay. Because uh, if, he, if he comes here, I'll be gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not personal, just uh, I don't want to see him. I can just see the two of you hanging out at Woodbine yeah. together. I can, just, I can just see him coming up here and diddling with this equipment, man. That's all I need is him in here. About a half an hour, this place would be a, a, a war battle zone nightmare. 
Have a great day. And don't lose too. too much. I'll be okay beach, Stay up and down. No man. gambling today. A fool and his money are soon parted. Okay. Adios. Bye. Hi, this is Red Durani Moeller. Atlantic Coast Mortgage is the only mortgage company in South Florida at the same location since 1982. Why would you deal with someone else? One branch and ready to help serve you. If you want a free cruise, don't call them. If you want it to rain on a sunny day, don't call them. If you don't want to pay closing costs, don't call them. If you want great... Straight Talk, call them at Atlantic Coast Mortgage in Dade. Call 305-944-0733 or in Broward or Palm Beach at 954-987-8077 for Atlantic Coast Mortgage. Hank Goldberg, weekday morning 7 to 10. Dwayne Wade joins us on Sports Radio 560 QAM. These two games this week, are they a measuring stick in a way for you guys? I'll say one thing. We don't go into games saying if we lose these two games, we're not nothing. I'll see I want to give you a kiss. Okay. Okay, that's all we've got time for. We don't have time for a bit now. Well, that's because we talked ourselves into a, or backed ourselves into a corner. Now, what are you going to do? 1015 at 560 WQM. Happy Thursday, February 9th. We got Geldy at 2. Geldy, I said. <laughs> Mad Dog at 4, who's going to rip uh, Channel 4 today. Kind of balance it out. Then Channel 10 tomorrow. Roberto Luongo show with Geldy at 630. 7 o'clock, it's Hurricane Hotline for Bernie Kosar's Steakhouse. The Beast at Bernie Kosar's at 9. So there's uh, three hours, solid hours. You can take a nap. And Eddie K after uh, that stuff. Hey, okay, all you guys out there, Valentine's Day is coming up in just a few days, next Tuesday. Last thing you want to do is spend the weekend shopping, so here's exactly what you should do. Send a pajamagram. A pajamagram is the perfect way to spoil your wife or girlfriend or both and give them exactly what they want. She'll receive the best pajamas delivered in a hat box she'll love along with a lavender sachet, a gift card, and a Do Not Disturb sign all for free. Sending a pajamagram only takes a few minutes, but you'll think you'll spend a month planning it. It'll make you look like a real mensch. Shop online at pajamagram.com or call 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Find all the top brands from comfy to sexy. Great bath and body gifts, too. All the spa stuff that women just love. Plus, the packaging is amazing, so you don't have to wrap anything. A pajamagram is the perfect gift, and best of all, they'll think you, think of you, and think about you, and think on you every time they put them on. Women want to be pampered, and this is a gift that you'll both love. Valentine's Day delivery guaranteed. You still have plenty of time, so call today. 1-800-GIVE-PJs or visit pajamagram.com right now. Be sure and tell them that Ancient Neil told you to call. 1-800-GIVE-PJs. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. We're the flagship station. Bum, I need a 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 bum, for you. Wreck them. I need a for a friend, I need a bump. Happy tales for you. I need a bump to build an end again. All the sugar puts are mountain. For a gusher, they go plowing. Happy tales for you. I need a bump. I need a bump. I need a bump. Happy tales for you. The cow folks stand their hides. Happy tales for you. I need a saddle slide and astro glide. When a cowboy's low and troubled, time to cuddle up and snug on. 
happy tales for you, good Christian soldier men. I guarantee you, if the 1930s they would have had television, Hitler would have been on TV every day. Yeah. You know, propagandizing and uh, brainwashing. And it took over for him. A terrorist named Al Libby was kept. See, there you go. But it would put it every day. What did I tell you? He's right. got his own uh, show every single day on the Talking Head Networks. Uh, every day they've got some contrived reason to have him on there. He's making a speech over here. He's talking a lot of crap over there. It's disgusting. So the good news is that I got my copy of Bare Ass Mounting right here <laughs> that George sent me. <laughs> Bootleg illegal copy, by the way, but yeah, too bad. That's right. My address is. I sure hope it's a uh, fine copy. It's adequate. So I guess I'll be watching that today, maybe this afternoon. Oh, maybe this evening, Tony or maybe this tonight? weekend, or maybe I just won't right. watch it at all. Now I'll watch it. Although I got so many others on my list now: American History right. X and Crash and Schindler's List and uh, Shawshank Mice Redemption. And I, I guarantee you that of Mice and Men. Yeah, of Mice and Men is a nice, safe movie for you to watch. Nothing. Yeah, and they let him really terminally bored. Just a good story. Yeah, I'm glad I mentioned that thing about uh, Monday Night Football to Hank, but he can't say too much because well, he can't say too much about any of these people because he's part of that sports fraternity. You know, he don't want to like, alienate these people, have them throw spitballs at him next time they see him. Uh, a Marlins Stadium deal may be a long shot, and there's a thing in the Herald here which I don't think I even want to waste any time going through this because it's the same old jazz. And it's highly unlikely, but a beep, but a boop, but a bop. It's a long shot. Dade County doesn't want to throw in the towel yet. And they're talking about doing it over here next to Dolphin Stadium, which they need some help from Wayne. And um, putting a roof on the current stadium, which certainly isn't going to happen. And Hialeah, which nobody with their right mind wants to go to Hialeah. Even the people who live there want out. Um, a plot of land adjacent to Miami Intermodal Center. I have no idea. Do you ever hear that? The Intermodal Center? No, but the way they change the names, these. Uh, An ambitious things. transit hub under construction near the airport that will provide access to the Metrorail train and bus routes. Oh, yeah, out by the airport. That's a real good spot for it. Uh, and then. Uh, you bet that's it. And they're also talking, well, maybe how about a half-cent increase in the uh, sales tax? Or maybe a full penny's uh, increase mm -hmm. in Dade County. In Dade County? So that they can come up with that extra $160 million or $300 million they need for the, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And having a referendum, I don't even know why they'd waste the time, because it would be so overwhelmingly, no. the public is not going to give you guys a dime, okay? That's just the bottom line. It's the way it is. Well, maybe Even if the people who go to the different. games are not going to give you no money to build you guys a stadium. I beg your pardon? Maybe if we word it as a triple negative. Yeah. Yeah, are you against it, but you really think you're for it? And uh, no matter how this comes out, can we give them the money? Something like that. Right. Mark from Hallandale Beach says, "Oh, oh he's well, let me do yesterday's poll result first. That'll take a couple of hours. Then I got a great story from the Toronto Star. They must be psychic, or maybe I was. Turin Torino was the name of the game, about the whole thing with the name. And I, I hate okay. to break the news to you, but uh, they're wrong. NBC is wrong, and anybody else who's calling it Torino uh, games, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. And the article no. bears that out, by the way. And other known operatives. Anyway, here's the result of yesterday. <laughs> oh, he just, uh, seriously, there, there's just no words to describe him. I just, I, I want to just do giant piles when I see him. How, how, like that big thing it says at the bottom of our website, how can 50 million plus Americans be so stupid? Are you really that dumb that this is your idea of a president? That this butcher, this murderer, this doofus is your idea of the leader of the free world? Seriously, the fact that he's still got 39% approval rating, that indicates to me that there are a lot of rich folks out there who love those tax cuts. I got the tax cuts. I'd be more than glad to give them back just to get rid of him. Uh, Please, kick, just uh, retire. What? I said, uh, you can kick it downstairs. Yeah, old style. Yeah. Other than Godfather, a movie you could watch a zillion times is, how many votes did we have? We had 1710. Well, that's the frequency of that first sports uh, competitor, 17, what's that, 1790? The fan? 1890. 
Blazing Saddles, 175. That's just, this whole thing is just, uh, makes me almost as angry as... And because of these efforts to tear... Him. Blazing Saddles, 175. Pulp Fiction, 134. Animal House, 103. My Cousin Vinny, 90. Was My Cousin Vinny really that good? Uh, it wasn't that good. It was just fine. How's mm. that? The Shawshank Redemption, 75. Boy, I'm going to be watching that this weekend. Are you? National Lampoon Vacation, 70. Uh, seen it. Very funny. Seen it more than once. Uh, don't want to see it again. Very funny. Caddyshack, 67. Seen it more than once. Very funny. Don't ever want to see it again. Airplane, 64. I'd watch that again. Sure. Wizard of Oz, 60. Saw it 100 years ago. It was uh, very entertaining. Very interesting. Judy Garland was uh, very cute. And, uh, yeah. And don't want to see it again. The Great Escape, 57. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 54. Now, let's see. Steve Martin was John Candy in that, too? Yes. Steve, okay. Fargo, 53, with the great uh, Francis McDormand and uh, William H. Macy. Well, she's just... Right. Huh? They both are great. Yeah. Well, they're both great, but she just especially... Mm-hmm. Well, because everybody talks about him. and know who... But and that, Francis no. McDormand... Uh, oh, he's like a so much. little guy, kind of funny looking. What? The, uh, the same producers and, the, and Francis also in uh, Raising Arizona, which you should right. see. Very funny. I haven't movie. seen that yet. Very funny. Well, I add that to my list. Scarface, 52. Goodfellas, 49. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You fairy. 46. The Natural, 41. Stupid baseball movie. Star Wars, 39. Rocky Horror Picture Show, 35. The Life of Brian, 32. That's about the chicken neck. Lord of the Rings. About 30, man. The Good, the Bad, and uh, Dan Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski, 29. Dan Druckenbrout. Heat, 25. Office Space, 23. The Big Lebowski, 22. Dumb and Dumber, 19. Reservoir Dogs, 19. West Side Story, 18. Come on. The oh, Silence yeah. of Lambs and Smokey and the Bandit, Die Hard, Joe Dirt, each had 17. 14. Catorce for Coming to America and Sin City. The Day the Earth Stood Still had Old Lucky number 13. Casino, 11. Let It Ride, 11. A 9 for the Canine Mutiny, Roger Rabbit, Rounders. 8 for uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, Little Big Man. 7 for The Exorcist and Spartacus. Half-Baked for uh, six, Platoon six, five for Standing in the Shadows of Motown, Lethal Weapon, Minority Report, Sling Blade four, Longest Yard three, Karate Kid three, and two for Ben-Hur and Imaginary Heroes. My choice was dead last with Ben-Hur. What's that? <laughs> I, I, you asked me if I oh, care. I don't uh, care. I, if it was on again right said, now, I'd tell you, go do the show, I'll watch it again. I just like it. And not just uh, Emil Hirsch. I love Sigourney Weaver in there and Jeff. See, the part about the bastard father, you know, that, see, I can yeah. relate to that. Why, why is it really? that there's so many bad fathers? I don't know. I mean, mothers. I mean, mothers can be a real pain in the ass, as you might know, and I know. But but fathers generally tend to be the real hard bitten bastards. The real uh-huh. oh, especially fathers of uh, guys. I think fathers get along better with their daughters. Okay, well, I only have no? daughters, so I get. Well, let's see. Fine, there you so. go. But but uh, fathers and sons is just uh, generally speaking, almost always something really hostile. I, I don't know. Well, certainly if the sons gay. Oh, and what about if uh, two sons are? Yeah. Oh, my really God, yeah, that put you over the edge. By convincing people across the Muslim world. 28 past 10 at QAM. This is Abu Neil Rogers. Rogers. Go, 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 go. This is 560 QAM. Rogers, God. Arriving this summer, from executive reproducers Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, comes the blockbuster birth you've all been waiting for. Mr. and Mrs. Smith's genetically perfect baby. Four-year-old Maddox says a beautiful younger sibling to pick on, I'll give it four wages. One-year-old Sahara says, I laughed, I cried, I prepared to suffer from an acute case of middle child syndrome. 
Jennifer Aniston says, I'm glad it's not me who's pregnant. If you see only one celebrity megabirth this summer, see Mr. and Mrs. Smith's genetically perfect baby. Waited PG for uh, PG. 1032 at 560 WQM. Here's today's pool, and Mark from Hallandale Beach already has a suggestion. I guess Mark doesn't realize that uh, Oprah's going to have her own channel on XM. Woo! Huh? Can't wait. All Oprah all day. Well, I mean, plus her friends, and uh, maybe she'll have that author again with the uh, 10 million lies. <laughs> yeah. Says, hi, Neil and George, as far as today's poll question, which is, what do you listen to before 10, before this show, on the radio? I listen to my XM radio until 10 a.m., then I listen to the Neil Rogers show in its entirety. You go, Mark. <coughs> when Neil has a day off, I listen to Mr. George Rodriguez, who does an outstanding job. Please excuse the flagrant suck-up, it says. Thank you. I think he's adequate. If upon Neil's retirement, George does not land his own radio show, especially locally, it would be a damn shame. That's what he says. Yeah, well, also, I tried to call the show regarding yesterday's movie pool. I would have suggested Cuckoo's Nest. Well, it's too late. The scene with Charlie Cheswick demanding his cigarettes from Nurse Ratchets is a machaya. No, and that's, uh, I would say it's a panic, not a machaya. Machaya is like, mark it with it. Learn some Yiddish. If you had that sound bite, could you play his play? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here you go. I want my cigarettes, Miss Ratchet. He's dead, by the way. Is he? Yeah, she's not, though. Nope. And I always think it's Ellen Burstyn, but it's not. It's um, Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher. Same person, I think. Anyway, there's Mark from Hellbilly, who listens to XM. So we did throw XM on there, but I think a lot of the people who, all those truck drivers that have XM, uh, now that they know that Oprah's going to be on there, and you got Martha Stewart on Sirius. I mean, what more could you want, you know? Oh, that's where all the, you know, Howard's on there, so that all the audience is going to go there. And evidently, a lot of Mark is our poll today. We got 618 votes, and it is shocking. What radio show do you listen to in the morning before 10 a.m.? Hank, 132, The Humper, 21.3% of this audience. None, 83. That's what I voted. I don't listen to the radio, period. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. Uh, <laughs> Air America, 79. NPR, 74. Howard Stern and their Sirius, 59. 9.5%. Aren't you shocked by that? Are actually spending money? No. Well, the reason I know they're spending money is because we had a separate category for listening to Howard on some pirate, either pirate station or on the Internet or through some devious means not paying for it. That's a separate category. Stern, 59 on Sirius. Joe Rose, 46. So there's more of our people listening to Howard than there are to uh, Little Dog. Ron and Paul, 37. Bob and Tom, 37. Now, that's that. how do you like that? They're not even in, uh, officially in David right. Broward. They're in Palm Beach on a station they really have to make an effort to listen to, Bob mm -hmm. and Tom. The guy that called the other day, he was right. He was absolutely correct. I think that's the solution, man. Bob and Tom, 6 to 10. Mad Dog, 2 to 5. Hank, 5 to 8. How's that? And okay. I kind of like that because he'll only be working like an hour and a half most days because we got all these problems. <laughs> yeah, he'd like that. Uh, other music station, 27. I don't want to list all the music stations because you know what crap that is. WI what? It yeah, is. It is. WIOD 14, more right-wing crap. I, I don't even know what that guy's name is. Glenn Beck, is that it? Rhymes with Todd Dreck? That's uh, one of their names. I don't know. No Spicket Inglés station, 10. And, again, I certainly didn't want to list those. Uh, isn't that something? Ten of our people listen to some station, no speaking language. That could be music like Radio Amor or Radio Romancia or whatever. Or Haitian melodies. Or it could be that, too. Man. XM8, Howard Stern, Pirate 5. Illegally, we're going to trace all of those and congratulate you. I mean, why the hell should we be PO'd about them? I'll say it again. We're a pirate radio. We don't have no license. WFTL4, Magic 102.74, Mr. Ego, Steve Kane, on the station that if you paid me $50 million cash right now, I couldn't tell you the call letters, too. Isn't that pathetic? How? Yeah, well, that makes two of them. Uh, I used to think it was WWNN or something like that, and that was the motivation station, I believe. Remember that thing? That lasted mm -hmm. about ten minutes. And they motivated. They couldn't motivate anybody to listen to it. Mr. Ego's got a peer. 
Y100's got a pair. That's not our crowd. And Power 96, Solamente Uno, that's definitely not our crowd. And in addition to which, all those punks are in school right now. So like tonight, when they get a chance to vote on this poll, when they get home from school this afternoon and tonight, there will be zillions of uh, punks on there voting. Not, not, not our crowd. We don't want to poison their ears with all these filth and venom and sputum that we spew on the airwaves on this show. Although occasionally I do get it right. This Turin story is fabulous. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yeah. Yeah, um, let me ask a question. On that poll yesterday, was Ferris Bueller's day off on there? No. All right, that was pretty good. Anyway, as far as Bob and Tom go, um, they're the, uh, in my opinion, they're uh, apologists for the human race. They'll have uh, uh, obnoxious people like Peyton Manning on there. And uh, when they had that scandal about the girls getting uh, raped or having that orgy on that uh, boat a couple months back with Minnesota, yeah. they asked Peyton Manning if that type of thing really goes on in the NFL. Like, like he's really going to tell them. And uh, they name drop, and they, 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 they're pathetic. Like I, I said, I think let's forget about Bob and Tom. Yeah, I listen to them because, um, you know, there's basically nothing else on. I'm up in Vero Beach. I listen to NPR because, uh, you know, it's pretty informative. And I'll switch back and forth because Bob and Tom will have good comedians on there. But uh, one thing that one thing that got me about Bob and Tom, they had a black comedian out there one day, and they brought up the N word. Yeah. And uh, Bob says, "Oh, that word just makes me feel so uncomfortable." And after that, I was like, "My God, they, they, they're they're just <laughs> apologists for the human race." Oh, they're probably, like, uh, ripping the cartoonist now, too. Okay, thanks, yeah. Pally. Anyway, thanks. Neil, I'm the guy that found the school bus the other day and rear-ended it. Okay. Okay, Um, I have no idea what he's talking about. Do you? Neither, no. No. That's probably a Vero Beach, probably a big story up there. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, Bob and Tom, to me, I've heard them many, many times, but a long time ago. And they do some funny bits, although, you know, but I guess we don't want them. <laughs> I guess not. Well, that guy doesn't want him, although he does listen to him because there's nothing else on. See, that I, I'm always very suspect about that. I, I just, I don't know. You know, he seems to know a little bit too much about everything they do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the people, oh, well, that Neil Rogers, I would listen to him because he does this and he said that. And just the other day he said, yeah, just the other day he said that. And then they go on chapter and verse. They can quote every single thing you said. They can tell you how many times. Oh, and by the way, speaking of that, so I've been fighting off. Notice the great job I did fighting off that cold. Very good job, as a matter of fact. I was right on the edge of it. And, and yesterday at Woodbine, I have, I'm a stupid to go there. I should never have gone there. And I'm, my throat is really scratchy because the environment there, the air, you know, they keep it too cold in there to keep you awake and losing your ass. And uh, I thought for sure my neck was getting stiff. stiff and so I came home, and I took a hot shower. And, and when I went to bed, I put a whole bunch of Vicks on my neck and under my nose. Ooh, you know, very good. Like yeah, magic. Love, love Vicks. But in the shower, I'm going to tell you something right now. I... I, I don't want to get too graphic, because yeah. Joyce will get all bent out of shape. Up when I turned loose some gas, yeah. I swear to you, you talk about getting away from oil dependency, that could have fueled... <laughs> everybody who's listening to me right now could have fueled your automobile for at least six months. All of you. Peeled the wallpaper, did I you? am just... Peeled my uh, layer of skin off my face. <laughs> I felt like that chick from France there with a uh, face transplant. Oh. What? Well, you'll leave her alone. She ought to get a refund. Bad job. Although, I'll tell you... And this long no, let's get a face uh, transplant for him so I just don't have to look at that puss anymore. We oh, have a cartoon crap. about a face transplant, as a matter of fact. Do we? On, on your website. On my way, I don't uh, look at the cartoon. I know you don't. I don't want to be offended. Probably some Danish uh, Ojean provocateur put him on there. No doubt. Anyway, after the break, uh, I got a story from the Toronto Star. Turin Torino was the name of the game. And this is exactly what I was talking about yesterday. It's not Torino, baby. That's Italian. It's Italiano. 
And I'm going to say it to you one more time. If the games at the Olympics are ever held in Florence, they will not call it the Forenza Games. They, they, they just won't do that. That's Italian for Florence. And if the games are in Venice, Italy, they certainly won't say Venezia. No, no, they will not do that. So where they come up with this Torino crap on NBC, it's probably because, uh, you know, Brian Williams' head is on cockeyed. That's probably what it's got to do with. And the fact he's got 98 teeth. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Jump in a taxi cab. I said, driver, Central Park. You looked at me so quizzically, I could tell he was in the dark. So I acted out my park charade, and with my arms, the trees I made. Nobody speaks English anymore. <laughs> I went down to Miami Beach, where the weather is nice and sunny. I walked into a liquor store, but the guy there talks real funny. So I asked him for a pint of whole Jim Beam. He says, no, Tienda, what does that mean? Nobody speaks English. At the corner deli. Hell, I think I'm in Pakistan. Speak English, Smelly. Or you can go back to Iran. I came here many years ago. Learn my ABC. I don't say muchas gracias. I say pretty please. So get yourself to a classroom quick. You're in America now. Stop making me sick. Nobody speaks English. How is it, Tom and uh, Bob and Tom, whatever their name is? A bit. I mean, that's one of the more, you know, mild ones. Right. But then again, it's one of the few we can play anymore because yeah. of Joyce. See, when you have your lunch with our leader on Monday, you might want to, you know, granted you're going to be doing a lot of self-serving stuff, which is fine because you never got that chance before. Right. But you might also want to mention that, you know, don't, don't oh, give us conflicting signals. In other words, find out if we can say hello or goodbye. And, you know, don't, don't right. give me any false hopes that we're going to go back and do this or do that because they got my hands tied behind my back and can't do the show, which is fine. You know, I know he's got good intentions, but you know what they say about that. Right. No, I plan to cover all the bases. Cover all the bases. Touch them twice just to be uh, nice, just to right. be safe. Because I just, uh, there are some things that still do grind my ass about that whole approach about, well, you know, that you can't do this, you can't do that, and that's not right. And, you know, giving me that green light, and then all of a sudden, uh, well, guess what? Uh, Joyce is worth calling the shots. Well, to hell with Joyce. Speaking of shots, this is one for you, Joyce. Bitch. See, it'd be one thing if she was qualified, if she had any idea what she was talking about, and if we were, like, operating within FCC guidelines as grotesque as they are. I have no problem with that. But we're operating uh, within Joyce guidelines. And she has absolutely no business in making up any of this crap. And then, of course, the excuse being, well, we still don't have our license, and that's because uh, Greg Reed made a lot of really bad mistakes. Yeah. Well, so in other words, we've got to pay the price for that. We have to pay the price for Greg Reed's mistakes. But it was nice getting paid two days earlier this payday. We'll see what happens next time. You know what I mean? Yeah, well. I think the guy's got very good intentions, and he's a good guy, and yada, yada, yada. But uh, there's, when you're working for this company, tremendous restrictions on what you can do because they just haven't got a clue. And you don't know what to do because you know you're going to get screwed. Anyway, Turin Torino is the name of the game. Oh, and so Bush just uh, used his latest opportunity. You know what this is all about? No, I, I absolutely And do. for the first time, he revealed details about this uh, foiled terrorist plot to build a, uh, to bomb the L.A. library building, right, the yeah. tower, sure. yeah, and uh, how they were going to use shoe bombers to break through the cockpit of a commercial jet, and they were going to take over the plane and fly into the L.A. library tower. 
<clears throat> this is all part of this uh, brainwashing of the American public. Mm-hmm. See, safety, safety, safety. He's in trouble, so let's get yeah. everybody scared again. Right. In other words, uh, look how what a great job I'm doing in protecting you and all the people that could be dead now if we weren't doing this great job. And, of course, all the other things they've talked about, the uh, alleged uh, plot that they formed in Detroit and that cell that they found, that turned out to be BS. The one in Buffalo also turned out to be BS. So I have no reason to believe that this one got foiled. The only one that we know got foiled was the L.A. airport, LAX, and that was because of a very alert customs agent in Canada at the Canadian-U.S. border on the West Coast. Remember that? She was very suspicious of the guy, and they opened the trunk, and there was all these explosives. That, that had nothing to do with uh, Homeland Security, with George W. Bush, with uh, Renta, whatever his name is, Renta Yenta, uh, Mickey, uh, what is his name? From uh, Homeland Security, Chertoff. Oh, yeah, Michael. Yeah, Mickey Chertoff. Not Michael anymore. It's always Mickey Brownie, you know, Brownie Hound. So that's what this is. So in other words, if we eavesdrop and we uh, fall, we, uh, that, that's what this is all about, damage control, to try to, like, turn the whole deal around while Kyle Rove is running around threatening with death all the Republicans. You better not vote for that or this uh, guy, we're going to get impeached, and then you're really going to, your ass will be grass. So that, that's why things go. And, of course, they got Mrs. Limbaugh on there. She's, uh, you know, anchoring this thing, and they got a bunch of shills on there. Oh, it was very interesting to hear for the first time the details of this foiled plot. Yeah, just sucking up real big time. CNN needs to be taken out. You know, then we'll worry about the real, the yeah, other evil I, I can't watch her. Who's that, Mrs. Limbaugh? Yeah, and by the way, though, I did before I, I flipped yesterday, she was standing up. They almost never show her standing up. Yeah. Her she boobs about hang lower than her belt. She's her what? Those, her boobs, they hang lower than her belt. Well, maybe they're on her knees. That could be. Could come in handy, you know, like when she's sitting down. Turin Torino is the name of the game. Italy and media tell the tale of one city and two spellings. IOC and NBC go Italian. Others mix it up for the Olympics. This is an article in today's Toronto Star. Eh? Turin or Torino, that is the question. You say tomato, I say tomato. I say uh, Turin, you say Torino. If you're Italian, you can say Torino. If you're like in Italy. If, even if, if you're speaking Italian. Italian. Huh? If you're speaking yeah, if Italian. If you speak Italian, if that's your primary language. If you're like uh, an American or like some dumb frog... Uh, for example, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to express it, but like uh, Spagnoli, that, uh, that's right. the Spaniard, that's Italian for uh, Spanish. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. Or like, or like the various countries, I mean, uh, España, the exactly. Spanish, uh, right? We, we say Havana, not La Habana. Right. Is how it's said. And the Spanish. Spanish, Spain, it's España, right. not Spain. Exactly. Anyway, if you live in the city hosting the Winter Olympics, it's Torino. If you live there. Same if you're watching NBC. In this paper, in the Toronto Star, it's Turin. Oh, how do you like that, eh? USA Today, Torino. Listening to CBC, well, the city is Turin, but it's the Torino games. They're CBC. They're all over the place. It wasn't Roma. It wasn't München for Munich or Moskva for Moscow. But Valentino Castellani, chief of the Olympics organizing committee for Turin, said it decided years ago with NBC to give an Italian identity to these games. That is the lamest excuse. Mm-hmm. As a child, he referred to New York as Nuovo York, he said. Well, that's his problem, okay? Who the hell is he to be screwing up the rest of us? Now we all say New York, he said. I would like that after these games. People remember Turin as Torino. What? He, he don't get it. No. He doesn't understand it. It all depends on what language you're speaking. I mean, because people who speak Spanish or Italian or French or whatever, they don't refer to New York as New York. You jackass, you idiot, you... You fairy. Exactly. God, what a moron. Hey, Germany, there's another good example. What, how, what do they call it? What is who called? Deutschland. Exactly. Right. But we don't do Deutschland. Right. You, hey, you better get with Deutschland, mister, if you know what's uh, good for you. Yeah, that's it. That's right. I'm Let's see. W-A-D-N-A, the Mike and Mike, uh, or uh, what does that mean? Mike I, I, and Mike. Well, let's just put me. ESPN Radio on there. Okay. That's uh, Jim Sarney's favorite. He's uh, working real hard to get that Evan Cohen hired on our station. Nobody ever heard of him. Evan Cohen. Good Jewish boy. Just what we need is another Jew on here. Good God. What do you think about that idea? 
or WDNA. Is that still on the air, 88.9? And what is it? I, I don't know. Do we want to put, like, KPX on air? Okay. I can't pick it up anymore. Let's put WKPX, WVUM. WVUM, it's the Mike Rosenthal Show. Hey. I wish I could pick up either one of those stations, but I can't. A majority of print organizations have decided to abide by long-standing style guidelines to anglicize foreign place names when writing in English. It's the Shroud. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, very good example. Leave right. it to the uh, this guy. Mm -hmm. It's the Shroud of Turin, for instance, not the Shroud of Torino. And when the World Cup comes to Germany this summer, we will write that games will be played in Munich, not Munchen, said Terry Taylor, Associated Press Sports Editor. Munchen? Yeah, that's what they're doing over there. They're munching on brats. Munchen. That's how you say Munich in the German. Sounds funny. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, because it's, like it's German. Munchen. German all sounds funny, huh? It's got that real uh, guttural sound to it. Man. Like Dutch. You think, that, you think German sounds funny. Dutch. Good golly, Miss Molly. Graham Parley, the Toronto Star sports editor, said yesterday this paper is using Turin because it's consistent with star style, anglicizing the names of foreign cities. We write about Rome and Florence, not Roma and Firenze. Looking ahead, we'll write about the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. I hate to even think how the Chinese spell it. Beijing. <coughs> yeah. NBC, which has broadcast rights to the 2006 games, went with Torino after NBC sports chairman Dick Ebersol visited the former national capital. Dick was hearing the way the locals were saying Torino and how it's so magnificently Italian, how it rolls off the tongue. Torino, said Mike McCarley, Vice President of Communications and Marketing for NBC Sports. He decided on that trip we would call it Torino. Well, again, a really half-assed excuse for getting it wrong. You know, he decided. Right. Isn't that great? All these individuals making up a crap. And again, it may be nitpicking, and I don't like nitpickers or nose pickers, but I'm going to tell you right now, where I frost my ass because it is not Torino. Even the official website of the Olympic movement reveals division on the issue, referring to Torino 2006, but the city as Turin. Spokesman Mark Doley said yesterday the organization follows AP-style guidelines, but also wants to use the official name of the games. The CBC and Radio Canada have taken slightly different approaches. The English public broadcasters calling the event Torino 2006 and the Torino Games to reflect the IOC decision to accept the Italian name. It uses Turin to describe the city where it be happening. Does that make sense to you? No. No. With the possible exception of some graphic elements, the French broadcaster will refer exclusively to Turin 2006 at Radio Canada spokesperson Guilaine O'Farrell. <laughs> Guilaine O'Farrell. We're doing French, Kenny, so we're using the name in French, said O'Farrell. Jason Sordi, president of the Toronto District of the National Congress of Italian Canadians, <coughs> said that if this were 20 years ago, Canadians would be calling the city Turin, much as they say John Cabot as opposed to Giovanni Cabotto. Yeah, that, that's a good example. Right. Right? Like Christopher Columbus. What that was his name? Saul Schwartz? Cristobal Colon. What, whatever his name was. It wasn't Christopher Columbus. That's right. anglicized, man. Right. I just told you what it was. Oh. Well, I can't say that. Yeah, you can. It's Italiano, baby. Oh. I guess Torino to me sounds like it would be a city in Italy. Turin could be... Well, Col uh, Cologne is not Italian. I, I don't care how you just said it. That's not correct. Sorry. Well, that's not Italian. That's his name. What? Cristobal Colon. No. Cologne? Colon. Spastic? It is now. I guess Torino to me sounds like it would be a city in Italy. Turin could be any number of places, Germany, France. It doesn't have a particularly Italian-sounding sound to it, put it that way. Well, that's a good excuse. We don't like the way it sounds. It doesn't sound schmaltzy enough, so let's call it Torino. Why not say it properly? That's right. Call it Turin, you jackass. You don't have to get the pronunciation 100% right now. Right on to make the effort to call Torino and say Turin is appreciated, said this jackass, this idiot. That would be like saying Toronto. There is a, the original Toronto is in Italy. Toronto is how they say it. They don't say that here that way, huh? See what I'm saying? Get it right, you idiots. All the excuses. Some, some individual makes something up, and then the world jumps right on you. NBC. Dick Ebersol is the Antichrist. Stinking NBC. I hope the peacock gets a bird flu.
Okay, 659 votes on our poll today. Very important and scientific survey to find out what's going on. 699, as a matter of fact. We're going to make a 1,000 in today, Josh. Is Josh there or is he uh, napping? No, I'm here, man. You waiting for the food? We haven't ordered anything yet. Well, why not? I don't well, know. We've we got from last night. On the melting pot, man. Oh, these guys went to the melting pot. Now, which one was it? Still said the one in Fort Lauderdale, right in off Fort Lauderdale right last night. I'm just raving about how great it was. On and on Stupendous. and on. They really took it they up several notches. Uh, dipping it and dunking it, it and now it's more uh, more elaborate than it ever right. used to be. It used to be fairly simple and straightforward. Now they use the double boilers to keep everything the same temperature. And right. It's just, and they got all oh. these different uh, flavors, and you can dunk uh, marshmallows with graham cracker crust into uh, all kinds of raspberry chocolate evil, dips. Oh, evil, simple things. They just have oh. it coming, too, boy. Good thing I'm not there, I'll tell you that. That would, that would finish that, me that off with a smile. That almost killed me. In. What radio show do you listen to in the morning before 10? Before you, and, of course, you better be listening to 10 to this show. We're going to be really peace, pieced off. Hank 143, none 97. There you go. Air America 88. Who they got on in the morning? Do we have any idea? And we don't care. NPR 83. Howard Stern. They're serious. 70. 9.8% of this crowd listen on serious in the morning. Joe Rose 51. Ron and Paul 46. Bob and Tom 45. In spite of what that guy said at the rear end of that school bus. Other music station 29. WIOD 14. All right wings all the time. No speaking English station 11. XM 10. Boy, they can't wait for all Oprah all day. Howard Stern Pirate 6. They're stealing it. And I commend them highly. Why the hell not? Why, why pay for it when you can get it for free? That's what I radio, think. too. Magic 102.75, WFTL4. Mr. Ego, Steve Kane, he's still stuck on two on a station that even he doesn't know the call letters. Y102, Power 96.1. Mike and Mike in the morning. That's ESPN Radio, none. And WKPX, none. Piper High. And VUM, nobody's listening to the Mike Rosenthal show. This How about the Jay Rogan show, I heard it's kind of deal, adult. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. <laughs> Any questions? At 560 WQM, boy, I'd on Gildy. Squeaks when you do it. I got everything I wanted to know about Christopher Columbus except his uh, name, his uh, real name. Oh, because I found a biography that's got him as a, as a Jew. Did you make that up? No, I was going to print it up into something. Get out of here. Christopher uh, Cologne is a Jew? Who's that pitcher, uh, Josh Cologne? What the hell's his name? Uh, he ran out of the room for some reason, possibly because of that bit. No, I'm kidding. I don't know where he went. He ran out of the room? He ran out of the room during the break. One time I asked him for like a little input here, a little uh, input output, a little of his sports expertise, and he's out there diddling around. 
probably dropping some of that melting in the pot. Anyway, uh, he was born in Genoa in 1451, the son of a wool merchant and weaver. I didn't know Bob Weaver was that old. How do you like that? Swims ashore when his ship is sunk in a battle off Portugal in 1476. I don't want to go through this whole thing until we get to the Cuba part. Uh, joins his brother Bartholomew, a cartographer in Lisbon in 1476, in Lisboa. By the way, that's how they say it over there, Lisboa, si. in uh, Italy. Makes merchant voyages as far as Iceland and Guinea in 1477 to 82. Call me. Guinea. 1484, conceives of the enterprise of the Indies, but failed to convince King John of Portugal to back the plan. 1485, he moved to Espana. 1492, Ferdinand and Isabella capture Grenada, the last Moor city in Spain. Oh, that, that Las Malvinas, that is. Or is that the Falkland Islands? I'm sorry, let's invade Grenada, then we'll worry about the Falkland Islands. I right. get it confused. Departs from Paulo, Spain, near Huelva in 1492, uh, uh, March 8th. Departs the Canary Islands after repair and re uh, refit on uh, June 9th. New World sighted at 2 o'clock in the morning on December 10th by Rodrigo de Triana, somewhere in the Bahamas, Mon. Somewhere in the Bahamas. See, if he'd have been Jewish, they wouldn't let him in there. And then, uh, now I got my dates wrong. They're using the um, October 29th, 1492, arrives at Cuba. Incredible. See. November 22, 1492, Martin Alonso Pinzon, captain of the Pinta, deserts the expedition of Cuba. That was the Ninta, the Pinta, and the Sinta Marinta. Right. Columbus arrives at Hispaniola. December 5th, 1492, Amon. And he stuck the Haitians on one side and the Dominicans on the other side. La República Dominicana. The, the flagship Santa Sinta Marinta sinks off Hispaniola. Uh, December 25, 1492, Columbus founds La Navidad. Right. Pinzon rejoins Columbus in 1493. Uh, a fierce storm, uh, yeah, and it goes on. And that's in the second voyage and the third voyage. And then the third voyage... When he got to Hispaniola, he was arrested in October 1500, arrested and sent home in chains. Mm -hmm. In chains. That's right. Well, he wasn't a really nice guy anyway. He was a bastard. Columbus. That's what I heard. Arrived, well, I was just reading some of this stuff online. Arrives at Santo Domingo, Hispaniola, 1502. He arrived at the Mosquito Coast, which is now called Nicaragua, where oh, he was at. The Mosquito Coast. By the way. Yeah. Before you go on, this article that I sent you... Uh, crew, rescue, crew rescued from Jamaica in 1504, returns to Spain on November 7, 1504, and dies at Valladolid, Valladolid in uh, 1506. Go ahead. Is the second article that I found saying that uh, he was a Jew who changed his name to conceal his identity because in that time, not only were the Spaniards fighting the Moors, but they were uh, setting you know, on fire anybody who wasn't a Catholic. I see. Anybody who was uh, anti-Semantic? Or anybody who was anything except a, a screaming Catholic. Oh, you're starting again with that anti-Catholic propaganda. William Donahue was going to get you, and then at the Dennis Donahue, he's going to get you, however that goes. No, Torture Mata was uh, up and running in those days. <laughs> Are you talking about our Attorney General again? That's bad. That's his descendant. According to most historians, Christopher Columbus, or Cristobal Colon in Spanish... Yeah. See, that, wasn't, that, that was not his name. That was the, the name he changed it to, as this, this thing says. That was his Spanish name. He was okay. not born Cristobal Colon. That was the name he changed. I got another, another story. That's the spicacized version. I to tell you. I got another story that has his original name as Cristofario Colombo. 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 And he wore that crappy uh, trench coat. Yes, he did. And he had a glass eye. Right. Was born in Genoa, Italy. Now, see, it could say Genova. Genova. But it says Genoa. Because that's the way we say it. In Italy, it's the Genova, which is also way up there. Nobody wants to go there in the uh, northern, in the Alps. In 1451, there's little concrete evidence about the background of the man who came to be known as the discoverer of America. Some have speculated that Christopher Columbus was not even his real name. A current theory being discussed by historians is that Columbus may have actually been Jewish Oy! at a time when Jews were being expelled from Spain. Well, how do you like that? The Jews discovered America, I told you. Do you uh, believe it? 
Sure, why not? The threat of expulsion may have been enough to persuade Columbus to change his name and identity in order to fit in with the Agoyim. If this is the case, he hid his Jewish identity so well that historians until recently had no doubt that he was Christian. Well, isn't everybody? Except, of course, for those raving Muslims. It will be so. They're all bent out of shape about Doonesbury. His ancestry aside, historians have not yet been able to pinpoint the exact date or location of his birth. While prominent biographer Samuel Morrison claims that Columbus was born between August not well, we don't care about that, and Genova, other researchers have made very different claims. They suggested dates of his birth would range from as early as 1436 to as late as 1455, kind of like Johnny Bauer. Nobody knows when he was really born. With these two extremes, Columbus would have been setting out on his voyage to America as young as 37 or as old as 56. To imagine that, in a time of plague and poor health, a man could live into his 70s, the later date would place Columbus at 70 years old at his death, is unlikely. Most historians agree with Morrison's choice of a birthday. In fact, Columbus ate many a meal at Morrison's, which is probably what led to his death. I thought it was syphilis. Is that what it was? Yeah. Did he have syphilis? Caught it from the engines. That was their gift to us. I thought maybe he was smoking them cancer sticks. And, of course, uh, that was just before George Washington started uh, tapping phone calls in America. 5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. Who said it's not an educational show? Getting kind of, oh, there's uh, Lieutenant General Russell Honore there in New Orleans. Boy, he's a real dodo bird, man. In fact, he, I think I saw him in Southern Comfort. I think he was in there. He was one of the stars in that movie, real dodo bird. Maybe he was a Cajun. That, that whole thing down there, just, well, I got a story about them, about how black people may not be coming back at all. About how New Orleans may be uh, vanilla instead of chocolate. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes. God, Belkis Marais, Derek Hayward, I don't care where you are or what I have to do, but I will find you, Phil Farrell. I will find you. <laughs> All right. That was pretty good. I like that. Put that guy on from 2 to 4 for the Mad Dog Warm Up Show. Speaking of that, we got Geldy today, 2 to 4. Well, nothing's perfect, man. Nothing's perfect. You got any unexpected company, just tell them there's a squeaky mouse in the house and you can't uh, find it. 5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon Singular wireless line. Christopher Columbus, a Jewish stadium. And that reminds me that uh, the whole world is Jewish. I wish I had still had that album. You can't get it nowhere no more. That was great. Right. When you were loved, the whole world is Jewish. Remember, we used to have that song. Right. And a guitar man did that. What is that called? I don't think we got it no more, do we? We have uh, various variations. What is it called? The whole world's uncut. Uh-oh. We do have that? Yeah. It's under the... But we probably can't play that, though, can we? Well, play it until you can and then cut it. Oh. I don't uh, I don't think I got it in here. Don't cut You got it? I've had, whole... some thrills. Oh, I got it. I've had some thrills in my life. Two <laughs> bags and scythe knife. Such looks. I'm thrilled about my cars. Two quarterbacks. And I'm hungry yet. But the thrill of thrills that gave my trout the clout was the thrilling evening when I thrillingly found out oh! Luis Miguel is uncircumcised. Can you believe it? It's such a pile of crap with a little flap. Gary Bruce once was, but couldn't retrieve it. We had such little hope with just an electron microscope. Jazz McKay won't show it. Andrew Michaels is all too willing. Uh, no! Randy's Jim once did, but then it wasn't too fulfilling. Howard! Harvin's uncircumcised, but can't believe it. George smiles all the while, despite the smell. 
has a matter of taste. The whole world's uncircumcised since I fell for Louise. Miguel, easy on the carbuncles since I fell for Louise. Miguel, play it, baby. You fairy. Wow, that was emotional. I haven't played that in a long time. And there was nothing in there that uh, Joyce would even do. Well, she probably wouldn't be too happy about the subject matter, about foreskin. But nevertheless, weren't we just talking about our forefathers? Yes, we were. 5670560. What am I giving the number out? We've got to do a little break. 12 minutes uh, past 11 at QAM. Valentine's Day is coming up on Tuesday, just a few days away. last thing you want to do this weekend is spend the whole weekend at the mall, scratching your head trying to come up with a great gift idea. Here are three words for you. Vermont Teddy Bear. Call one of their beer counselors at 1-800-829-BEER, and they'll help you pick out the perfect beer for your wife or girlfriend or both. They'll deliver right on Valentine's Day with free chocolate and a gift card in their famous box. Ask about the Love Bandit Bear, the Lover Boy Bear, the Mad About You Bear, or the new Red Hot Redneck. For about the price of a dozen roses, you'll be giving her something she'll love forever. She'll be squeezing it. Vermont Teddy Bears are the only bears handmade in America and guaranteed for life. And best of all, she'll be thinking about you every time she hugs her bear. So make this the best Valentine's Day ever with a gift she'll love. And always remember, call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. Send a creative alternative to flowers and don't forget Valentine's Day delivery is still absolutely guaranteed. Tell them that old Neil told you to call 1-800-829-BEAR. 1-800-829-BEAR. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. This is Randy. What the was I thinking about on the phone? Hey, Al. Ain't you Joe Pesci? Yeah, that's right. Well, allow me to introduce myself. I know how it enabled it. Delightful star of Sporthole Radio in Salad Bar Theater. Good for you. Now, if you don't mind, I want to get a f*** out of here. It's not like me to gush, but can I take a picture of you, huh? No. Come on. No, I don't want no picture. Okay, okay. Well, how about raping me? Rape you? Yeah. You haven't done that yet. Uh, what, what are you, some kind of clown? What are, you, what are you, a comedian or something? Okay, okay, a picture, a picture. Did you hear what I told you? No picture. Hold it. I think you're going to like this one. Give me, give me. I said no picture. Lord. Give me that chair. Oh, not my Polidoy swinger. Come on, give me that chair. Oh. Here, buy a new one. Eleven seventeen at five sixty WQM. Boy, did we miss him or what? Huh? Yeah. No. Like a four hundred pound tumor. Ready for more Oprah XM hazard for all you uh, satellite radio geeks out there? Oh yeah, it's going to be really great, Neil. You're just missing the boat. Uh, Martha Stewart and Oprah and um, Lynn Samuels. What a what a star-studded lineup! Huh? They got Howard and they got Howard, and that's about it. Sounds great. Yeah, you'd pay for that, wouldn't you? No. What's the uh, pitcher Cologne? Oh, Bartolo Cologne. Bartolo, that's what I thought it was. I don't want to say it. Bartolo Colon. Maybe he's kin to uh, uh, Christopher Columbus, that Jewish sailor. I'm sure somehow. Because in that, uh, what, George leave now, too? Yeah, he's taking a deuce. I see. Well, I'll tell you, the melting uh, pot sent everybody right to the uh, pot this morning. Is that where you were? I, I went last break. It's his turn, I guess. No, that's what I'm talking about. Last break, you were uh, AWOL, and now he's uh, AWOL. We're all at the pot. I probably could play about five seconds of that bit, not no more. Yeah, that's about it. We'll get Joyce if we play that whole thing. 
XM Satellite Radio has signed a three-year deal with Oprah Winfrey's Harpo Radio to launch a channel featuring the popular talk show host, the subscription radio company said today. Oh, my God. Amen. The deal is valued at $55 million, according to Reuters. Oprah and Friends, which will start broadcasting in September, will feature original programming from Harpo Radio. That's Oprah backward. Oh, <laughs> Including a weekly reality radio show with Winfrey and her best friend, Gail King. Who? XM Research said in a statement, Gail King. I wonder if she's kin to uh, uh -huh. Larry. I doubt it. Daily programming on the channel will cover topics ranging. I, I bet you all those truck drivers that Joe Costello says listen to XM Radio, they'll love Oprah. Won't they? If you are like a big old truck driving guy driving a big rig, oh, yeah. stopping at all the truck stops, meeting and uh, greeting. Daily programming on the channel will cover topics ranging from nutrition and fitness to self-improvement and current events. Several popular Oprah personalities, including Bob Green <coughs> and Dr. Mehmet Oz, will appear on the show, whoever the hell either one of them are. Oprah Winfrey is a prolific force in our culture whose unprecedented achievements in TV, film, publishing, and philanthropy will bring an amazing radio experience to the XM Nation of subscribers. Hugh Panero, president and CEO oh. of XM Satellite, said in a statement. Winfrey has caught up, uh, been caught up recently in a media storm involving James Fry, who admitted to lying through his teeth about many events in his memoir, A Million Little Lies, of Pieces. Winfrey has selected the book for a popular book club, initially supported Fry, but later challenged the author on her own show and criticized him for betraying readers in her very uh, phony, indignant, Oh, you're making me look foolish, and I've only got a billion dollars. Oh, too bad, Oprah. And who, you think you're fooling somebody with that Stedman crap? I don't think Ed, Ed, uh, Oprah is... Yeah. I, don't, I don't think she's doing anybody. So I got bare-ass mountain here, mounting, and I can't wait to watch it. Good, I can't wait for the report. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Maybe not. I guess I buy tomorrow morning. I'll give you my review on bare ass mounting. Right. Especially the uh, how many. Well, that's going to be one of the Olympic events at the Torino. Bare ass <laughs> mounting. Going to be using them uh, polar bears. They came all the way down because of the melting of the polar ice caps. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon Singular wireless line. WQAM. Hello. This show is nothing without Mo. Yeah. Okay. Great. WQAM. Hello. Yes. Five sixty. I beg your pardon? Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, listen, I was just going to add a little bit to the uh, Christopher Columbus stuff. I started calling it a little late. but um, What do you mean a little bit late? It's never too late, man. Okay, well, listen. Let's say you're uh, sorry. Christopher Columbus was definitely Catholic because he spoke Latin, and he didn't speak any Spanish. He's a big Spanish hero, but he didn't speak any Spanish. I'll be damned. Yeah. So he was definitely a Catholic guy. And the Isabel, the queen, she loved him because he spoke Latin. See, none of the Spanish guys spoke Latin, and she, she wanted to she loved to speak in Latin. I heard that all the queens loved him. Uh, <laughs> well, so I heard. That's the story going around. Uh, well, I think they, they See, we both, we both learned something today. Have a great day, Pally. All right, thanks. Okay. Good Catholic boy. See, that's Catholic. And you wear that beanie on your head, that's Catholic. Right. How the hell would anybody really know? And who cares when you come right down to it? Why did you even bring that juice? Why did you bring that up? Oh, we're getting so many that juice stuff in Did you know that this was all very controversial? What's that? All this Christopher Columbus stuff, because there are other theories that he was actually Spanish and not Italian after all. Ah. So I got a fact here saying that, and then I got another fact saying that uh, uh, most Jewish historians don't consider that Columbus was Jewish and uh, and refute that. And then this other one uh, that I'll uh, next thing you'll be telling me that yeah. Jesus wasn't Jewish. By the way, this one fact that's calling me an I mean, Yoshki, I'm sorry. for saying that the Europeans were the ones that gave diseases to the Indians. Yeah, but this, uh, see, syphilis was part of the uh, was. Uh, what do you call it? Like it, the Indians had it, but they didn't really have any symptoms of it. You know what I mean? It was benign in them, so they gave. Let me ask you this question: Did you see Phyllis? Yeah. So he still looked like uh, Senior Wentz's uh, this hand. person who called me an idiot. They're an idiot. George, learn your history right. Gosh, you've seen Phyllis, haven't you? She looks like uh, that uh, hand puppet that Senior Wentz's used to do. It's all right. It's all right. 
That's what our the water Nazi looks like. Who? Now, you know it. I'm telling the truth. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Oh. 5670560. Yeah, I, I'd like to be a fly on the wall during George's uh, lunch with our boss on Monday. It's the first time George's, George's input has been requested or uh, any input, output, uh, back and forth, etc. The first time I've ever had, well, in eight years, that a general manager has asked me a, uh, you know. Well, that's because it's the first time we had a general manager didn't hate you like poison and wants you to so. get the fire to it. We should mic him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should tape it. <laughs> I want to hear this exchange. And, of course, uh, you know, if we did uh, mic him up, you know, he'll wimp out. I'm wired. He talks a big game, you know, on the air and uh, away. But once he's sitting there face-to-face eating that sushi. What do you want me to say about about this fax me down a list of things to go over? No, no, I'm not going to put the words in your mouth or anything else. You you say whatever you want to say, whatever's on your mind. That's what he wants. And, of course, I know that Norma Kent is going to be having lunch or maybe already did, but I sure doubt it because he's too busy cashing the check I sent him. That Norma, man, is he on top of it or what? No. Uh, no follow-up, no follow-through, no nothing. That's Norma. Too busy doing his own silly-ass radio show there at that. Uh, in fact, who told me that he ran into Norma Kent? Somebody was telling me that the other day. Who, who did I talk to uh, that would have told me that? Duff? Uh, no. Somebody was just telling me that they ran into Norma doing his radio show at the Floridian on a Sunday morning. Now, who would I have been talking to down there that would have ran into Norma? I think that was Duff. No, it was not Duff. It was abs- Duff told me that in there? Pretty sure. Oh, yeah, Duff told me that. I told you. Duff. You fairy. Are we talking about Duff or Norma? Let's see. The rumors about Christopher Columbus being Jewish are thought by most Jewish authorities to be incorrect. Incorrect. Wait, wait a minute. Incorrect. Incorrect. However, there's a strong indication that Columbus did have Jewish ancestry and followed some Jewish customs. I guarantee he didn't eat no trafe. He wasn't eating no bacon cheeseburgers. He is thought to have had a Jewish grandfather. Well, didn't Hitler also have a good Jewish grandparents, allegedly? Right, like a grandma or something like that. Yeah, somebody, some old Bubachki. It is known that the sailing of his first expedition was delayed because he waited until after the holiday of Tishabov. Oh, this is the best fax we've ever had. Thank you, Howard the Faxer. <laughs> and it says not Howard the David it did. He delayed the sailing of his first expedition because he waited until after the Jewish holiday of Tishabov. How do you like that? I thought I was the only other person in the world that ever even heard of Tishabov which is the ninth of the Hebrew month of Av, remembered as the day of Judaism, where most things bad took place. Oh, God. This includes, supposedly, the Spanish Inquisition, also launched in 1492, as well as, supposedly, the destruction of both temples, the beginning of the Holocaust, etc. How do you like that? Huh. Never, ever do anything risky at Tishabov. All right, don't launch a ship. Wow. Frank says, you are incorrect, sir. You are correct. Christopher Columbus was Spanish, not Italian, or from Portugal. Well, I'm reading it off the Internet, so I don't claim to know any of this crap, okay? He changed his name due to the fact that his noble family was at war with the Spanish monarchs. His ship was sunk, and he survived. <clears throat> at which point he changed his name because he wanted to hide his true identity due to the fact that his family lost the war. The Spanish queen, oh, I've known many of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would have never given him money for the voyage. If she, that's why they talk like that. Gratiath, Gratiath. <clears throat> Would have never given him money for the voyage if she knew his true identity. Finally, he married a woman that was born to a noble family. Back then, if you couldn't prove your bloodline, you couldn't marry into a noble family. The person in Italy who was thought to be Columbus was from a peasant family, not noble. The whole investigation can be looked up on the History Channel website, Frank. Well, if Frank uh, did on the History Channel, I, I, have, I feel, you know, I'm leaning toward them. Not that I care about any of this, but it sure kills some fabulous time. And uh, here's another one says... George, Lee, learn your history right. Although it says lean. Well, you learn how to spell, and George learns. Yeah, look at the scrolling. The Europeans gave the diseases to the Indians, not the other way around. Idiota. One, syphilis. Two, the common cold. Three, lice. Four, gonorrhea. I love the spelling of that. And more. 
The diseases practically wiped WI. Oh yeah, it's spelled right, but it's bad penmanship. Wiped it out half the Indians in what is now uh, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and Cuba. In other they're, words, they're almost right. I saw a discovery Europeans channel did show. not shower. Yeah. It said. I know they well, didn't shower. Well, what do you mean did not shower? I guess they <laughs> no, they're used to it. Syphilis was indigenous in the Indians, and it was benign in them. But when the Europeans started having sex with the Indians, they got the nasty. One thing I'll say about uh, America and about Canada, and that is that most uh, people shower at least once every few months, you know, as yeah. opposed to so many other places in the world. And, of course, some of the people that come here from those places, like some of the people from India and Pakistan and uh, some from the Middle East also are not. Uh, they're very nervous about dropping that soap. Maybe it's kind of a cultural thing. There's this thing called body wash. You might want to try it. You just squeeze it, which reminds me, we've got to find some new exciting body washes. I'm getting really, I'm getting really bored with the uh, nine or ten bottles I got sitting on my counter during the shower. Even the, um, the orange stuff, whatever that is. All right, I just found the definitive Saint list. Saint Ives. Yeah. Huh? I just found the definitive list from Wikipedia of Columbus names. Apricot. Yeah, okay, well, when we come back after the break, we'll do this whole. I didn't realize we we're going to do this, and of course, you can never start planning too early for Tishabov. Eleven twenty nine at QM when you're shopping for shoes, plan to make one trip, and that's the brandy shoes and Pompano Beach and stock up on great name brand shoes for you and a whole family at unbeatable prices. At Brandy's you'll find all the top names. They got Echo and Forsheim and Rockport and SAS, New Balance, Mephisto, all the others, and Brandy's professional shoe fitters will always make sure that you and everybody in the family gets a perfect customized fit of your favorite comfort shoe. Ask for Arnie, he'll take the best care of you there at Brandy's. The pros there specialize in wide widths as well. If you got big fat platypus type feet, no problem, they can give you a perfect fit. So Brandy's is worth your trip from just about anywhere in town because they have an unbeatable combination all year round. For comfort, style, fit, value, and selection, it's Brandy's shoes, where there's always something special going on, by the way. And you'll find Brandy's at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach, open daily Monday through Saturday till 9 and Sundays till 5. And this week, something special is it's a great time to buy SAS shoes. Take 20 to 40 bucks off the retail price of all great SAS men's and women's styles this week, so be sure to get into Brandy's or do your shoe shopping on their website at Brandy's Shoes. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Harvey, stand by for news. It was this little girl's first day of school, and the teacher asked her what her name was. The little girl replied, happy butt. The teacher said, honey, I, I don't think that's your name. You need to go to the principal's office and get this straightened out. So... The little girl went to the principal's office, and he asked, What's your name? And the little girl said, Happy Butt. The principal called the mother to get this straightened out once and for all. After getting off the phone, he looked at the little girl and said, Honey, your name is Gladys, not Happy Butt. Then the girl exclaimed, Gladys, Happy Butt, what's the difference, Paul Harvey? I know, good day. What radio show do you listen to in the morning before 10? That's our poll today. We got 815 votes. Hank, 155. The Humper, none, 115. Air America, 98. NPR, 95. Howard Sperm, on Styria, 79. Joe Rose, 64. Bob and Tom, 53. And they're not even in the market. That, that's pretty good. I said Bob and Tom ought to be on the morning. I think so. Hank, back to the afternoon. In fact, Mad Dog, back to 2 to 4, because we've got to demote him for uh, take one hour away after what he did yesterday to Channel 6. Ron and Paul, 52. Other music stations, uh, 32. Look at that. Bob and Tom edge out Ron and Paul, and they're not even in the market. Does that tell you a lot? Hmm. Other music station, 32. WIOD, 18. All uh, right-wing propaganda all day. No speaking English station, 12. XM, 11. They're waiting for Oprah. Mike and Mike in the morning, 8. Magic 102.7. Ricky Ticky. Is he still on the morning on there? We don't know. 7. 
Howard Stern, Pirate 6, through uh, Devious Means. WFTL 4, Mr. Ego, Steve-O, still got the same two votes. Him and Brian Craig both voted. They got two. Power 96-2, uh, Y100-2, KPX, Piper High None, and VUM None. So evidently, you're not the only one who can't pick up those signals. Right. Or the people who listen to them don't listen to us. That's, you know. And, of course, VUM, why would anybody on the UM campus listen to this show? Especially with our hostile editor toward the hurricanes, right? Screw them. Now, let's see. Somebody sent us all the different ways of uh, spelling and pronouncing Christopher Columbus in 18 million languages. My favorite is the Georgian and the Japanese. I love those yeah. letters. I don't, know what, I don't know what those symbols well, are. I don't know, but it's, ain't it huh? like the George? I don't think I've ever uh, seen that Georgian writing before. No. Those look like wingdings. The Hebrew one, I actually can read that. Christopher Columbus. Okay. Yeah, That's I can read fun. it. Even though it doesn't have the little uh, vowels on it. In fact, a lot of those Israelis, they, what they need is a good vowel movement. Like Ariel Sharon, anybody heard about his uh, oh. condition? <laughs> it's like he disappeared. Poof, he disappeared. And I got news for you. When you weigh 600 pounds, they can make you disappear that easy. It's really something. Quite an accomplishment. Latin, Christopherans Columbus. I'm not going to read all these. Christopher Colombo, Italiano, from Torino. Not really, but it sounds, it just rolls, mm -hmm. it's so schmaltzy, man. From Sicilia, uh, Cristobal Colon in Espanol. See. And by the way, Cri since he was writing everything in Spanish because he was working for the Spanish, that's, that's the identity that he was using during that whole time. Cristobal Colon. Right. Colon. Uh, German, Christoph Columbus. Christoph. Uh, Polish, Christoph Colomb. And it goes on. All the different, uh, Turkish, Christoph Colomb. Those Turks just mm -hmm. can't come up with nothing original. Although I still do like that Turkish taffy. Remember we were talking about that? I haven't yeah, had that in 100 years, which is good. That's probably still why I have my teeth. Right. Notice I didn't send you any. Why? Somebody brought you some? No. Oh. No, but I, we found it on the Internet. I could have ordered it. Oh, well, I'm sure that John Jarris will be sending me a whole bunch of Turkish taffy real soon, with, like, extra sugar in it. He has vase. Well, he's carrying on Hitler's work, you know. You know, somebody's on the patio. I, I never saw that before in my life. Are they mooning you? The apartment up above me, no, I, you, well, you can't, all I can see is the bottom of the patio, where the overhang. That's what I meant, bottom. And it was a, uh, a schmata. They were just like putting schmutz over the end of the uh, uh, balcony there. <coughs> Luckily, it didn't like drop onto mine. Maybe it was like pigeon droppings or something like that. I think maybe I ought to open the windows and like do a little quick <coughs> care of the pigeons because they might have that bird flu. Don't forget, kill a bird for Christ. It's a really good idea. 5670560. How did we get sidetracked with all this Columbus stuff? Where, where did that even come from? Well, where did that come from? The, the whole Torino argument and how people have different names and different languages yeah. and so on. That's and then, of course, you started with that crap about Tishabov. That's right. WQAM, hello. Oh, he must have his tush above the phone. WQAM, hello. Yes. Hey, um, I got my serious hooked up. I'm waiting for you to sign up. Yeah, sign up what? Well, you get on the air so I can listen yeah. to you. Yeah, okay, hold your breath. We'll let you know when to exhale, schmuck. I'm waiting for you to sign up. Ah, ah, yeah. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless line. It's because he's got it. That's why I don't want to be on it. I don't want to catch nothing. I don't want to catch no disease. WQAM, hello. Hey Neil, how are you doing today? Okay, Pally. I got a PSA, a pig service announcement. The pines pigs are at it again. You know, we got no crime in Pembroke Pines. Sheridan Street, just uh, just east of seventy five. It takes five, five cops to shoot radar, and I hope you all get cancer. Okay. Bye. Bye. They're shooting it, and Pembroke Pines is one of the worst, the absolute worst. Yeah. I remember one time they put, I, I, I'm trying to think of the intersection. It was like uh, Taft Street and, um, I want to say Pines. Okay. And I, I think I was coming back from that Duff's, uh, I was like gumming my lunch from that smorgasbord or somewhere. And I, I went through the intersection, and there was no stop sign there. 
And, of course, it's a miracle I didn't get killed. There's no light or no stop sign. And then the porker pulls me over and gives me a ticket. And I said, there's no stop sign. And he said, yeah, well, you should have known to stop there. Are you kidding me? No. You should have known to stop there. Right. It's a major intersection. And you right. Okay. So, in other words, the psychic police, if you're mm -hmm. not psychic and didn't know that you're supposed to, in other words, they screwed up. They didn't put the, uh, the DOT yeah. or whoever takes care of that. Right. You better the know your sign. laws, mister, because they yeah, sure Yeah, because you sure don't. That's yeah. right. And I said, uh, <laughs> happy Shavuos. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay, Pally. I got two things for you. You know, all the movie polls we ever do, I never hear anybody bring up The Man Who Would Be King with uh, Sean Connery and Michael Very good, King. very good movie. Really? That was a never seen movie. it. George saw it. He said it was great. Yeah, it is. One of, one of the best ever. And another thing... We're remaking it, The Man Who Would Be Queen with Tom Cruise. <laughs> another thing is, I've never seen John Madden and Andy Devine in the same room. What do you think? I tell you, you know the giveaway when John Madden at halftime in the Super Bowl said, Plunk your magic twanger, Al. I knew there was something up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Good point. Yeah, John Madden's turned 110. You notice how Hank... I, I, you can tell the embarrassment in his voice because he knows what I'm saying is true, but he doesn't want to go there because he's buddies with these people. They work for the same, you know, they, they feed out of the same trough, which if Hank and Madden are involved, that must be a hell of a big trough. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Howard David's a bitch. Now, on behalf of measly green inquisitions, with an apology for an apology, with more apologies as we continue in apologizing, Mr. Luca Brasi. Yours truly, WQAM. Five sixty. I offer this this apology for the last apology that we apologized for to show our loyalty to our listening audience. I apprehended the perpetrators in this manner. I hit them over the head with a shovel. I proceeded to drag their bodies to an, an abandoned building. I shoved a towel in both their mouths and then used the shovel to chop off their legs. I was assured by the management that describing this type of justice so graphically as I have was well within the pure Britannical guidelines of clean family entertainment, not like bonds. For this, I am honored and grateful. Okay, that's uh, all well and good, but it has nothing to do with that other one, which is what we wanted. No, well, but uh, uh, tell Chickenneck he's uh, losing it. I will. 11.45 at 560 WQAM. Wait till you hear this. This is going to turn your head around, just like Linda Blair was spinning round and round, right. and like Perry Como. Oh, come on. Let's hear a little bit of Perry. Just a little I teeny tiny it. bit. Wait, wait, Find a wheel. Oh, boy. Can he go. belt one out or what? No. Well, he was a barber, you know. He wasn't used to making, like, sudden moves. Find a wheel. What a talk -up. And it goes round, round, round as it skims along. Twice in the past four years, a top Justice Department lawyer warned the presiding judge of a secret surveillance court that information overheard in President Bush's eavesdropping program may have been improperly used to obtain wiretap warrants in the court, according to two sources with knowledge of those events. Oh, my God. The revelations infuriated U.S. District Judge Colleen Collar Cotelli, who, like her predecessor, Royce Lamberth, had expressed serious doubts about whether the warrantless monitoring of phone calls and emails ordered by Bush was legal. 
Both judges had insisted that no information obtained this way be used to gain warrants from their court, according to government sources, and both had been assured by administration officials that it would never happen. The two heads of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court were the only judges in the country briefed by the administration on Bush's program. The President's secret order issued sometime after the 9-11 attacks allows the NSA to monitor telephone calls and emails between people in the U.S. and contacts overseas. James Baker, the Counsel for Intelligence Policy in the Justice Department's Office of Intelligence Policy and Review, discovered in 2004 that the government's failure to share information about its spying program had rendered useless a federal screening system that the judges had insisted upon to shield the court from tainted information. He alerted caller Cotelli, who complained to justice, prompting a temporary suspension of the NSA spying program, the sources be sand. Yet another problem in 2005, warrant application, prompted caller Cotelli to issue a stern order to government lawyers to create a better firewall or face more difficulty obtaining warrants. The two judges' discomfort with the NSA spying program was previously known, but this new account reveals the depths of their doubts about its legality and their behind-the-scenes efforts to protect the court from what they considered potentially tainted evidence. The new accounts also show the degree to which Baker, a top intelligence expert at justice, shared the reservations and aided the judges. Both judges expressed concern to senior officials that the president's program, if ever made public and challenged in court, ran a significant risk of being declared unconstitutional. Let me say it again, being declared unconstitutional, That's according to sources familiar with the actions. Yet the judges believe they did not have the authority to rule on the president's power to order the eavesdropping. Government sources said and focused instead on protecting the integrity of the FISA process. How do you like that? I don't. Huh? That's why Carl Rove is running around like a chicken with his head cut off, mm-hmm. trying to get to these Republican senators. Don't you dare defect and vote against us. We're going to get impeached, and everybody in your ass is going to be grass and without the hula skirt, etc. And then, of course, he's got to go on here again today, making up this uh, crap about the uh, L.A. Uh, library tower and how they uh, aborted right. this planned assassin. Of this. Right. And, of course, he didn't bother to mention all these terrorists, these al-Qaeda lunatics that bombed the USS Cole in 94 and who just escaped two days ago in Yaman. How do you like that? Yaman. Yeah. And who are still at loose. And now the Navy over there is peeing in their pants because they anticipate that these people are planning more hijinks and lojinks and una bomba grande. How do you like that? I don't so we can't catch most of them, and then the ones that we do catch, we allow to be uh, hanging out somewhere in some uh, 10th world country, and they just uh, they just kind of like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. mosey on out. Yeah, but why do you hate America? U.S. plans massive data sweep. You'll never guess who wrote this article for the Christian Science Monitor. Pat Buchanan. Mark Clayton. Who? The football I'm sure, player? I'm sure Josh remembers Mark Clayton. Uh, see, even George remembers Mark Clayton and uh, Super Duper. He's, what's he doing writing this crap? He's not. Different guy, same name, different guy, like Christopher Colombo. Chris, Chris, maybe maybe they're talking about Chris Christopheru at Woodbine. That could be. One of the leading drivers. Chris Christopherson? Although he is Greek, but nevertheless. The U.S. government is developing a massive computer system that can collect huge amounts of data, and by linking far-flung information from blogs and email to government records and intelligence reports, search for patterns of terrorist activity. A massive computer system. Got that? I got it. The, the system, parts of which are operational, parts of which are still under development, is already credited with helping to foil some plots. I'm ready to plots just reading this. It's the federal government's latest attempt to use broad data collection, powerful a- a- analysis in the fight against terrorism. But by delving deeply into the digital minutia of American life, the program is also raising concerns that the government is intruding too deeply into citizens' privacy. What else is new? We don't realize that as we live our lives and make little choices like buying groceries, buying on Amazon, Googling, we're leaving traces everywhere, said Lee Tien, former attorney with the Electronic Frontier Foundation. We have an attitude that no one will connect all those dots, but 
These programs are about connecting those dots, analyzing and aggregating them in a way that we haven't thought about. It's one of the underlying fundamental issues we have yet to come to grips with. The core of this effort is a little-known system called Analysis, Dissemination, Visualization, Insight, and Semantic Enhancement, known as ADVISE. What a nice acronym, mm, ADVISE. Only this one is advised with no consent. Only a few public documents mention ADVISE is a research and development program with uh, DHS, Homeland Security, part of its three-year-old Threat and Vulnerability Testing and Assessment Portfolio. The TBTA received nearly $50 million bucks in federal funding this year, while the people in New Orleans, of course, are starving and can't go home and are getting kicked out of the motels. DHS officials are circumspect when talking about ADVISE. I've heard of it, said Peter Sand, Director of Private Technolo- Privacy Technology. I don't know the actual status right now, but it's a system that's been discussed, something we're involved in at some level. And they're, they're monitoring you is what it is. Everything you do, every time you take a BM, every time you take a shower, every time you drop the soap, squeeze the body wash bottle too tight, whatever you're doing, man. That's right. If you're squeezing it too tight, they're monitoring it, and they're marking it down. Just like, just like at QAM, man, just like Beasley. Remember we had that whole big episode there, that whole Condoleezza episode? Yeah. And Duff got rode up because he had to be singled out to be the scapegoat. Somebody had to be the scapegoat, so they had to write it up in his file. You don't want to get written up when you work for Beasley. Oh, brother. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the Verizon and Singular Wireless line. I'll tell you, it, it ought to really be. I still have no email from Norm Kent, by the way. Too busy being a radio star over there at the Floridian with a bunch of silly old fags from the uh, courthouse. Just tragic, you know? And uh, he also wants to send his regards to Charlie Crist and uh, Mark Foley, Norma said. You fairy! 5670560, oh, pound 560 in the singular and Verizon line. Got guilty at two today. Mad Dog going to apologize for two and a half hours to his close personal friends at Channel 6. That was an infamy yesterday from what you told me. Of course, I'm going based on what you said. Josh. <laughs> Robert. Bill. WQAM, hello. Boring. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hello, Neil. WQAM, hello. Hey, it's the Gore Vidal guy. Yeah. Uh, on the movies, uh, one that uh, also stood out was um, The Lion in Winter. Catherine Hepburn won the, the Oscar that for stood out? What, what does that mean? What, what pull was that and what day did we do that? Movie that stood out? You're talking about, you're talking about movies that you can see over and over again. Right, oh, I see. That, that's the one you're talking about. Yesterday's pull, right? Yeah. Sorry about that. No, don't be sorry. Okay. What, okay, was what was it? Catherine Hepburn in what? Uh, it's called The Lion in Winter. Catherine Hepburn. Oh, I hated that. The... Okay, thanks, that? Pally. No, I'm, I'm okay. just kidding. I never saw it. Uh, don't, don't get so sensitive. Have a great day. Get out of here. You see The Lion in Winter with Catherine Hepburn? Yes. And? It's all right. It's one of those, uh, you know... You don't want to see it again and again and no, again? No, no. Uh, is this wrong? Catherine Hepburn kind of bugged and her, her the voice. the sound of Jimmy's story. Yeah. Making this love voice. to Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> There's a rumor going around the building. It was Jimmy Stewart and uh, Joyce. I'm not really sure. I don't think that was Kate. She wasn't trembling enough. Line 9, QAM, hello. Hello. Hey. Yes. Hey, I hold up. I was thinking, you know, I love it how you guys use Joyce to uh, imply other uh, other words mm-hmm. in an offensive way. Yes. And I was thinking another great one to use would be for Rush Limbaugh. Getting rushed from behind or... Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds like something you're uh, uh, hoping for. 5670560. Oh, 
He, he wants to get rushed from behind and then raped at it, I think is what he means. You know, like a sneak attack. No well, comment. I had a line with Joyce, okay? You know, this, uh, these people obsessed with Rush and with Howard and with this one and that. You just uh, stick with us, okay? Well, let's stick with our own stuff. we got enough trouble with Joyce without worrying about some fat-ass, pill-popping, hypocrite liar. Some doctor-shopping piece of turd. What the, what the, what the? Oh, there's a great article on our website. I think it's uh, for tomorrow, I believe I sent it to you. From a former ditto head. Did you see it? No. No, you, Josh didn't either, because I think it's for tomorrow. Could have been for today, but I missed it somehow on Smirking, Smirkling Chimp. Confessions of an ex-ditto head. See, anybody who says that, you know, like, ditto, uh, is, I mean, what they're saying is they're a moron, you know? Yeah. Although, I don't although, although, that's most people. Right. Most people don't want to think for themselves. Most people well, want somebody else to tell head. them what to think, how to dress. You know, be a snappy dresser like me, okay? Don't be walking around wearing like a, uh, in, in swaddling clothes. Are you wearing the plaid boxers today or the polka dots? Plaid. I don't, I don't have no polka dots. Don't you? What are swaddling clothes? Now, come right down to it. Yeah, wasn't, really... wasn't the baby Jesus in swaddling clothes? Do you really want to? Uh, yeah, come on, answer? let's hear about it. We're hearing about Christopher Columbus. Maybe Christopher Columbus was once in swaddling clothes. Swaddling is more something I, to I, do. I've I, I seen some guys walk around that. in waddling clothes. That's right. I've been accused of that. Waddling all over the place. Yeah, the beast wears waddling clothes. Swaddling is something you do. In other words, wrapped up in like loose clothing and then you swaddle the child up in them. You swaddle? Yeah. Don't you? Uh, better call Joyce and see, <laughs> see if we can say that. Or see if we can do it. All right, much less say it. I try not to. I try not to swaddle. I occasionally do waddle a little bit. Yeah, you're spitter. Yeah. In fact, that song, Walk This Way by Aerosmith, and then, of course, they see me. You know, not that way. Walk this way. Kind of like the movie La Caja Oh, you never saw that. Not the original or the... Uh, uh, you got to see the original. Maybe that, I better I get that for you. You'll, you'll pee in your pants. It's That is one of the funniest movies ever in the history of the human race. Isn't it subtitled, though? So what difference does it make? None. No, just ah, answer. this is the same guy that gave me a song to dance for I weeks and weeks. You've got to see City I of God. Yes, I was just asking. And you know no something? Problem. And you'll still pee in your pants. No That's how funny it is. No problem It is all. hysterical. Hey, then I'll find out who Fagadorn is. Well, then, uh, there is no Fagadorn in this movie. But that must have been there in the isn't? remake, that Robin Williams okay. thing, whatever that was. Do not. I didn't see it, and I wouldn't watch it. I saw some of the clips from it. Just stupid. La Caja Fold did not need to be remade. Anyway, the, the scene is where he, like, they're, they're in a uh, cafe or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he tells him to walk like John Wayne. He's trying to butch up his uh, partner there to, because the, the uh, son, and it's a complicated story, but the son is coming no, with I his girlfriend and her family, yeah. At any rate, so he, he gets up and he goes to the, the doors to the back room of this cafe, and he walks through like a real mincing queen. He says, I said, John Wayne, not Faye Wayne. It's, it's cute. You got to or maybe he's talking about Marion Wayne. This is Neil Rogers. Talk about Wayne. This is 560 AM. This is head of Homeland Security, Tom Ridge, advising you to put duct tape on your radio when I raise the warning color to pink for the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. And now, another verse of celebrity poetry. Here's a tale of lunacy, backed by Scientology. No brain cells left in Tom Cruise's cupboard, for they were stolen by L. Ron Hubbard. When Tom speaks, his mouth it foams, affirming his love for Katie Holmes. Up on the couch, he jumps with glee, he thinks he's sane remarkably. His mind looks like a Renoir mural, prohibiting Katie an epidural. He says others don't use their brain when it's Tom himself who is insane. 
He calls Matt Lauer cold and glib when it's he who needs a dribble bib. His lady friend smiles her clueless smile. She's no smarter than bathroom tile. Her eyes too close, her teeth askew. Perhaps she has the avian flu. Feel free if you must to disagree with the teachings of Scientology. But on this, my friend, we can find common ground. Their level of brain damage is profound. The facts are strange, the future shady. For Crazy Tom and Fiance Katie. This has been another verse of celebrity poetry. Yaman. Oh, speaking of that, speaking of... Yaman. International warships under the command of the U.S. Navy moved today into the waters off... Yaman. Yaman. Yemen. Attempting to block possible escape routes for 23 prisoners who escaped last week. The ship stationed about 14 miles offshore will patrol busy international waters near... Yaman. You know something? Every time I play that, he actually is saying... Yaman. He's not saying yeah, he's saying yeah, Yaman. Yeah? Yeah. The vessels moved into the area within the last 48 hours under the control of U.S. Navy Central Command in Bahrain, which is where Michael Jackson's hanging out. You see, connect the dots. Interpol, the international crime-fighting organization, has said at least 13 of the 23 who escaped last Friday were convicted al-Qaeda terrorists, some of whom were involved in the attacks on the USS Cole and uh, friendships. Among the escapees were the reputed mastermind of the Cole attack, General Gamal Ahmed Badawi and Jabber Albana. A lot of jibber-jabber. <laughs> Badawi was sentenced to death in September 2004 for orchestrating the call. Well, you know something? If he's sentenced to death, get it over with, okay? Then he won't escape next time, you idiots. Albani is charged with the U.S. with providing material support to terrorists and was a member of a cell near Buffalo, New York. But that, yeah, right. You're sure he was. Saw a whole show on that. That whole thing about the cells in Detroit and Buffalo is totally, total bullcrap. But, hey, we, we avoided that uh, attack at the uh, L.A. Uh, Library Tower. And so we've got to be listening to all your calls, yeah, opening all your mail, yeah, and checking out all your uh, BMs. Yeah, yeah, right. Fascism runs the U.S. Make no mistake about it. Anybody out there deluded to think that you've got a democratic government anymore, you're an idiot. You had two presidential elections stolen right in broad daylight. There's absolutely no confidence that there ought to be another fair election. That story I read a couple of weeks ago about the, the way that they can diddle the, um, the, the, all the voting machines now. Mm-hmm. That, and nobody cares. That, that's the best part. Nobody cares. Here we got a bunch of ragheads rioting because somebody told them to get pissed off a bunch of stupid cartoons, some of which weren't even uh, legitimate, just fabricated. And they're like carrying on and burning buildings and killing people. And the American public, they got two presidential elections stolen back to back, side by each. And they're like, oh, oh, look who won the Grammys last night. You two swept the Grammys. Oh, boy. Sure glad I missed that. In fact, you I'm do? almost glad I stayed away long enough to uh, at Woodbine to give that money back just, just so I didn't have to see the Grammys. Not that I would have watched it. You missed it, didn't you? Yeah, I was too busy eating at the melting pot. He was at the melting pot. We were you? dipping, man. Were you dipping it? Dipping and diving. What the hell was that? New Year's Day, but it's the bit. It's it's, what? New Year's Day? Yeah. Is that like right, right after Tissue Ball? Wait till you hear this. Here's another one. You're going to have to get a bag pretty soon. <clears throat> Pretty soon. You know, it's my scratchy throat. I sure could be out sick tomorrow, but I don't. Oh, don't do it. Well, that doesn't sound like I've avoided that scratchy throat. And I don't even have no that. cough drops today. No, no. I don't want to be taking them Hall's Mental Lift this uh, Sands of Sucrose, baby, because they make yeah. you, like, uh, do stuff, you know? I think that's, I started on those yesterday. And I think Talking about the pot. the bathroom, right? Wow. Oh, boy. I think I'm going to need another one. When, when is somebody going to invent some sugar substitute that doesn't make you a squat? You know what I'm saying? Now, not everybody has that effect, but a lot of us who have, like, an irritable bowel, like you and I, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, going to be a problem with that. In, invent something that doesn't make you keep running and running and running and running. I'll work on it. <sighs> Former disaster agency chief Michael Brown. Heck of a job, Brownie. 
is saying he's ready to reveal his correspondence with President Bush and other officials during Hurricane Katrina unless the White House forbids it and offers legal support. In other words, he's gray-mailing him, as they call it now. He's brown-mailing him. Brown stains in letter obtained Wednesday by the ANP follow Senator's complaints that the White House is refusing to answer questions or release documents about advice given to Bush during the August 29 storm. Brown quit as director of FEMA just days after Katrina struck, even though he was doing a heck of a job, and did leave the federal payroll until November the 2th, after it was an embarrassing uh, revelation that he was still on it. In a February 6th letter to the White House counsel, Harry Admires, Brown's attorney wrote that Brown continues to respect Bush and his presidential prerogative to give candid and confidential advice from top aides. The letter from Andrew W. Lester also says that Brown no longer can rely on being included in that protection because he's a private citizen. Unless there is a specific direction otherwise from the president, including an assurance that the president will provide a legal defense to Mr. Brown if he refuses to testify to these matters, Mr. Brown will testify if asked about particular communications, the lawyer wrote. Brown's desire is that all facts be made public. And in the White House, they're going, oh, my God, like that. I mean, if, if that isn't a threatened blackmail, what the hell could possibly right. be, right? They have this. Yeah. So, in other words, if you're not going to, like, cover my ass, I'm going to, like, spill all the beans. Hey, Brownie, nice knowing you. White House spokesman Trent Duffy declined to comment on a letter and said pointed remarks two weeks ago in which Bush avoided directly including Brown among his advisors. At the time, Bush defended his administration's stance on withholding some information, saying, well, they, they're always withholding everything because it's a secret government. Baby. It's, it's an business. illegal government. It's a secret government. Everything's a secret. Safety, safety, safety. Saying that providing all the material would chill the ability of presidential advisors to speak freely. Right. The White House said it's given 15,000 documents about the storm response to Senate investigators. Brown is set to testify tomorrow at a Senate inquiry of the slow government response to Katrina. Senator Jew Lieberman of Connecticut, who blasted the White House last month for what he called attempts to stonewall the Senate inquiry, said he expects Brown, now a private citizen, to answer every question the committee puts to him truthfully. Otherwise, but I've been. So he's got like, uh, you know, death by hanging or death by electric chair. I see no basis for him to refuse to answer any of our questions. I hope the White House will not try to uh, direct him not to answer our questions, Lieberman said. You know what he said just after he finished saying that? <laughs> yeah. Being the equivocating waffler that he is. Him and John Kerry, my ass. Contacted Wednesday, Brown referred questions about the letter to his attorney, Lester. Is that like, oh, you know what that reminds me of? Inspector Lestrade. Remember Inspector Lestrade and Sherlock Holmes? No. Because I don't know too many Lesters. I remember Jerry Lester. I'm sure Chicken Neck remembers him on The Tonight Show. I think he did the first Tonight Show, Jerry Lester. You know Lester Greenshirt. I know Lester Pearson. The lawyer described his client as between a rock and a hard place. Rock solid. Between the administration's reluctance to disclose certain high-level communications and Congress's right to demand it. Mr. Brown is going to testify before Congress if he receives no guidance to the contrary. Will there was any citizen should do, and that's to answer all questions fully, completely and accurately, Lester said. Some administration officials have refused interviews by Senate investigators or have declined to answer even seemingly innocuous questions about times and dates of meetings and phone calls with the White House. Everything is a big secret. Senator Susan Collins, Republican of Maine, another whiner, said if the problems had been addressed earlier, the response to Katrina could have been better organized and perhaps we could have lessened the devastating impact on the people of the Gulf Coast. Could have, should have, and would have, and didn't do it. Didn't do it. Disaster. And they still let him off the hook on this. No matter how many disasters there are, it's always the same. always comes back to the same crap. Safety, safety, safety. We're always fighting this mysterious war on terror against this unnamed enemy. Well, the one day it's Al-Qaeda, the next day it's somebody else. And then, of course, uh, now it's uh, Sodom. Even though he keeps running out of court, it's still Sodom and Gomorrah. 5670560, pound 560 on the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. Don't see these phones smoking off the hook here today. It's very weak. Very, very weak. And very sad. WQAM, hello. Safety, safety, 
yes, hi. I, I had this number on my caller ID. You had this number on your caller ID? Yes. No, you didn't. Okay, Mr. Well, this is a radio station. This is WQA, and you're not listening yeah, to the show right now? that's who I, I want to speak to now. Well, what do you mean you had the number on your caller ID? What does that mean? From when you called I, him yesterday. I don't know. It's just on my caller ID. Okay. Maybe you had it on your caller ID because I tried calling you, and I got a well, maybe Maybe we're calling you back. Oh. But I doubt it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Speaking. Oh, it's Neil. Yeah. Hey, hi, Neil. Love your show. You've been a loyal listener for many, many years. All right. And uh, actually, it's the only time I turn off the TV. Because uh, I'm retired. Yeah, I'm only 40, but I invested very well. Excellent. And, Send us uh, a bag of money, man. Send us yeah. a big bag of money. Yeah, I got a big bag of money, and besides that, I got a house here, and a house in Costa Rica, et cetera, et cetera. Great. But uh, I wanted to speak to him about Columbus. You're talking to him. This is me. Why do you keep saying oh, that? Why are you talking to me in the third person? I'm sorry, Neil. Don't I be sorry, know. but don't do it again. I didn't realize it was you. It's me. It's, uh, what I wanted to uh, uh, tell him was he was definitely Spanish. <laughs> I read books on him, and he was definitely Catholic. Yeah. In fact, he had his own little thing on his ships. And first of all, the queen would not have funded him. If he was Jewish. They wouldn't have funded him with the ships. Yeah. If it wasn't to the fact that he was Spanish and that he was Catholic. He was Spanish? If he was Jewish, they wouldn't have funded him. Maybe he was Spanish, Portuguese, uh, Italian, uh, Jewish, Catholic. He was Catholic. Maybe, maybe he had a little Jew in him. Maybe he did. Maybe he Okay, did. well, listen, thanks, Pally, and be sure and tell the caller that it was a pleasure talking to him. Wow. Uh... He kept saying it. Even after uh, I told no, him he stopped doing that, he apologizes. Oh, okay. Tell him, uh, right. you know, who did that song? Tell him. Da, 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 tell I him. Know that, yeah. about, like, I know something about you. Who? Oh, that was uh, Barbara George. I know. Is that the song I'm thinking of? Barbara George. I know. I bet it is. It was on an orange label, too. I'm looking. Barbara George. Never trust, uh, like, uh, you know, Bush one. Barbara George. I know. Is that it? I know. I don't think. No, that's not the song. That's not I Know by Barbara George. That goes a different way. It goes this way. Tell him. That's, I think, by the Exciters. See, that? yeah, that's that's Barbara George and I Know. But that's not the song right. you were talking no. about. That was by the Exciters. And I was uh, just doing a great talk-up and you stopped playing it. Jesus sorry. Christ, Yoshki. Looking for the Exciters. I think that's it. Is that, is that it? Tell him by the Exciters or am I wrong about that? Uh, it's not coming up, so it must be uh, pre-60. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, well, you are not going to have it anyway, so how are we going to know what the hell the lyrics are? Tell him. Uh, tell him doesn't come up. Well, too bad. Tell it like it is. Tell him by the exciters. What I tell you. What a mind. What a mind. What year? Filled with crap. I too late. I just threw the book on the floor. I don't know. I think I don't know. Certainly after sixty. Oh well. Twelve fourteen at five sixty WQM. When it comes to mattresses, a lot of gimmicks out there these days. The latest are sleep numbers, otherwise known as air mattresses. They're only warranted in full for two years. They squeak. They pop. They can lose their setting during the night, and they cost a fortune. If you want a really high-quality brand-name mattress that'll last you for years and years with no BS, then call the great folks at Dial-A-Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll get no runarounds, no showroom shenanigans, just factory-direct, unbeatable prices on the best brands you know and love. 
When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you can choose from Florida's biggest inventory of Sealy and Serta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, Stearns, and Foster Hewitt. Even morons have heard of all these brand names. Already for same-day delivery at prices lower than the so-called big-name chain stores, even during their so-called big sales. So call 1-800-MATTRESS. You can have the bed you want delivered the date and time you want. You pick the day in the two-hour window, and they deliver it right to you. They toss it right through the window. So many people, including yours truly, at QM, satisfied customers, and I guarantee you, I'll bet you Todd Rex life on it that you will be, too. Call today, 1-800-MATTRESS, or log on to their website, mattress.com. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for stupendous sensational savings. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. It's a lie. I am not a Nazi. Ah, ah, ah. Shoo! Don't want birds flu. Everybody is bird flu 5G. It'll kill you fast as lightning. In fact, it's really frightening. High can you see birds flying. All these funky China hens from funky Chinatown. If you're eating them up, you'll be six feet under, dog. If you don't want to catch the flu, do not touch a cockatoo. A talking parrot can be fun, but can we call 911? Everybody in bird flu fighting. Big Bird is now in hiding. Now Tweety Bird is fighting. Time for the for Robert Blake, he said he's touched the cockatoo. 1219 at 560 WQM. Happy Thursday to you. We got Gildy at 2, Mad Dog at 4, and then the Roberto Luongo show with Gildy at 6. Too much Gildy today. I don't want to like, start expressing negatory opinions, but just too much squeaking, you know? Little squeaking's okay, but too much squeaking. Then people start adjusting their radio tuners, don't they? I'm doing it now. 946 votes. We're going to have 1,000 by 1 o'clock again. Just, just slip. We don't even have to ask for it no more, you know? See, Joshua would agree with that. It's really, it really gets to the uh, pinnacle of enjoyment. We don't have to even ask for it anymore. It's automatic. Right. And the poll, too. GOP lawmaker wants review of NSA eavesdropping. Eh? I got a very important bunch of stuff here. And you know what? I'm, I'm plowing right through it because it's very obvious to me. These people haven't got too much. Today. And you know what? That's fine. There's nothing to build on this poll. We've got every radio station that's been invented and some that nobody ever heard of before. And that's okay. It's just kind of like our, out of curiosity. The Humper's doing pretty well. Not great. Uh... What has he got? 18.7% of the audience listen to Hank anymore. That's, like I said, pretty weak. Uh, 177. At least he's in first place, though. Right? Right. None, 136. Air America, 112. What, what's that all about? <coughs> NPR, 105. Howard Stern on Sirius, 91. 9.6%. That's a hell of a uh, number, I think, in this market. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Nice going, Howie. Really, I'm, I'm serious. Almost 10% of the audience is paying to hear the Stern show. And then that doesn't even count the a few people that are pirating it. Arr. Which there are six of those who are like, uh, by hook and by crook, listening to Howard in the morning. Or whenever they feel like listening to it, I guess. Breaking with the White House, Representative Heather Wilson, Republican of New Mexico, chairwoman of the House Subcommittee on Technical Ta- and Tactical Intelligence, says the time has come for a complete review of President Bush's eavesdropping program, her spokesman said yesterday. Absolutely. How do you like them apples, huh? Wilson, who chairs a panel that oversees the National Security Agency, also wants Congress to change a 78 foreign intelligence law following the disclosure of the NSA program, Joel Hannes, Wilson's spokesman said. 
She believes she has a constitutional responsibility to oversee this program, and the House Intelligence Committee is entitled to full briefings, he said. Hannah's also said that Wilson believes the 78 Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act needs to be updated to take into account new technology. The law governs the monitoring of calls inside the U.S. for national security reasons. The White House has insisted that it has the legal authority to monitor terror-related international communications in cases where one party to the call is in the U.S., eh? Senior administration officials also say they were within the law when they chose to brief only Congress's so-called Gang of Eight, the leaders of the House and Senate and its intelligence committees. While the Gang of Eight can't be notified, Wilson believes that that is not oversight, Hannah said. Aboard Air Force One, White House spokesman Scott McClellan yesterday reiterated the administration's position that Congress has been briefed. He said the White House will continue to listen to the ideas, the ideas from Congress. You know, these are the, a bunch of, the biggest bunch of imperialist jackasses. And just like he said a couple of weeks ago, oh, he'll, he'll sign whatever law they pass. He just ain't going to follow it. He'll do whatever he wants. Obviously. Because you've got to protect the people. Right. Well, and that's war. why he came out today war. with his phony baloney uh, song and dance. The House and Senate Intelligence Committees are having closed-door meetings with Attorney General Alberto V. O. Five, don't call me Hervé Villachez-Gonzalez, and General Michael Hayden, the number two official uh, intelligence official today. And bada-beep, bada-boop, bada-boop. Right, there you go. They just stonewall and they lie, and he comes on there. How dare you ask me about things? I don't feel comfortable answering that, even though I'm not under oath, and you know I'm going to lie anyway. And then Patrick Leahy is saying, well, we, you know, uh, why, why should we expect you not to lie? Now, you lied before. It's stuff like that. And they're right. all, you know, making caustic comments. But that's as far as it goes. Right. We're going to shake our finger at you. Yeah. And say, naughty, naughty, nasty, don't do it again. <sighs> Enough to make you want to caca. And I guess you guys Cock-cock. are off to a good start, yeah. Yeah, it's that sort of Don't get him involved again, okay? He's got enough problems with his um, just absolute rape of Channel 6 on the air yesterday. That was, from what I'm hearing, man, what uh, Clarence told me, said that Mad Dog just trashed Channel 6 and then found out it was Channel 7 that put that piece of his wife and his kid on the air, put the pictures and the whole deal on there. It was uh, Spilkey's Nere, I think, wasn't it? Oh, my God! Yeah, Spilkey's Nere done it, I believe. And if not, let's blame her anyway. We don't like her. Channel 7 is just foul. You can, you can, in fact, when I'm at home, turn on Channel 7, you can smell it. Right through the TV, you can smell it. <laughs> yeah. Now, that may be something Sally Fitz left behind on the set there, but you can still smell it. That's a long time ago. Oh, and guess it was on last night. I was Channel 7 when I got home, and I turned it off real fast. Speaking of Channel 7. I give up. Rick Sanchez. Oh, boy. What an idiot. The Bush administration yesterday condemned the violent response to European and cart, uh, cartoons mocking Islam. See, they've changed their tune completely now. They stuck their finger and their toe out the window, and the wind is blowing in the wrong way. They said, oh, well, uh, yeah, good. And they accused Iran and Syria of exploiting the international controversy to incite unrest and protest in the Middle East. They finally are getting this one right, as opposed to sucking up in the beginning. I mean, of course, for these people to be talking about freedom of speech is most amusing anyway. I have no doubt that Iran and Syria have gone out of their way to inflame sentiments and use this for their own purposes. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice told reporters yesterday, that's Dr. Rice. The world ought to call him on it. Yeah, the world ought to call you on it, too, bitch. You idiot. You... You fairy! A few hours earlier at a White House ceremony with Jordan's King Abdullah. Jordan's King Abdullah. See, this is the thing, the media, they... Nothing surprises them, nothing, they don't find any irony in it. All this crap about democracy. First they have a Palestinians have an election, and they elect Hamas, and we don't like it, and we're pissed off, we ain't giving them no more money, and it's outrageous. And then it's King Abdullah comes calling. King of Jordan. They have any democratic elections? No. And of course, in Egypt, when they have elections, and Mubarak has the opponents killed all the time, so they, you know the elections aren't too uh, too contentious. Yeah, they have this. Yeah, 
And, of course, our good, the royal family in Saudi Arabia, they're right there, man. And I notice we have some people every now and then I see some hits on the domain report on our website listening in Saudi Arabia. I want to tell you right now, okay, pass the message along to those uh, ragheads over there, them heads. They're going to be next. They should have been first. That bit we got until yeah. we blow up Pakistan. It should say until we blow up Saudi Arabia. Oh, we can't do that. That's our Go buddy. Go stick up that long. Cube. Yeah, buddy my ass. That's the Bush's buddies. Bandar Bush. No, so we attacked their enemies instead. Standing around in the White House on the balcony there, smoking them big fat ones, them big Cuban cigars, and drinking that fine wine the couple of days after 9-11. While the, after, of course, the rest of the uh, uh, family, the Bin Laden family, have been safely uh, ensconced out of uh, this country, whatever that means. Nobody else could get a flight. Even uh, Bush 1 couldn't get a flight. How do you like that? Or like they pointed out, Ricky Martin, remember that in uh, Fahrenheit 9-11? Even right. Ricky Martin couldn't get a flight. Well, he's got the wrong headgear. Yeah. I got a line for that, but I'll pass. I know. A few hours earlier at a White House ceremony with Jordan's King Abdullah, and they don't come no duller than the two of them. President Bush rejected the violence, but not the cartoons that incited bloody protests from Afghanistan and Denmark where the drawings first appeared. We reject violence as a way to express discontent with what may be printed in a free press, Bush said. Free press, my ass! We don't have no free press in America no more, you fascist, you lunatic, you Nazi bastard. Bush and Rice making their first public remarks on the growing worldwide controversy highlighted a shift in White House strategy, see, to focusing on the killings and destruction during Muslim protests in several nations in contrast to earlier statements that include criticism of the provocative drawings. Administration officials said Bush doesn't want to debate over free speech to diminish or deflect attention from U.S. condemnation of the violence. Right, debate over free speech. You can't debate free speech in America because it doesn't exist anymore. The only speech that can be on there is like Kira Phillips on CNN and Mrs. Limbaugh and David Gregory rambling and ranting and raving like an idiot about the uh, Hamas. Just a bunch of buttsuckers. All you people in the media ought to be in jail. You ought to be in prison. You'll be on death's row begging for mercy for the crimes against the country that you're doing. And that Brian Williams on there with his 922 teeth yapping about Torino, Torino. Torino, my ass. I'll go get the olive oil. Olio, oliva. Que pane. I, I still wish I knew what that expression was in Italian. My ace in the hole. I, you know, he doesn't say it in Italian. He says to him, as we say in America, my ace in the hole. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And he got to him and said, ace hole? Yeah. Do you ever have your ace in the hole? Joyce, I don't think she'd be too fond of that. She heard that phony priest saying, ace hole. Well, I went to an outhouse once and the seat was broken. 28 past noon at 560 WQM. The Emerald Coast is Florida's number one Asian gourmet buffet. is rated by Zagat Restaurant Review. And believe me, they know their stuff. Now, every Friday through Sunday night, you can enjoy Lobster Fest, featuring Maine Lobster, served Thermidor style. And every night at the Emerald Coast is Crab Fest, with Alaskan snow crab legs, Dungeness crab, and Jonah stone crabs. You know what I need real bad today is soup. They got uh, all kinds of different delicious soups at the Emerald Coast. The menu still includes fresh oysters on the half cell, a sushi bar with over 30, About 30 man. different items. Count them. If I'm dying, you're lying. The Emerald Coast also serves juicy, delicious New York steaks cooked to order in hand carb prime rib. And on the weekends for dessert, leave a little room in there, okay? Take a crowbar and shove it in your pants and create a little bit of extra room for the Emerald Coast famous 40-inch chocolate fountain. You can hand dip your own strawberries, marshmallows, crowbars, other decadent treats. Just stick them right on in there. Check out the all-new You Can Eat Sushi Bar featuring sashimi, tuna tataki, over 20 different types of sushi rolls and much more. Tuna tataki. I'm not sure we can say that. The Emerald Coast has got three convenient locations to serve you. You'll find them in Sunrise, Sunny Isles Beach, and Pembroke Pines. Reservations suggested. Call the Emerald Coast at 954-572-3822 and tell Richard that Neil said, Go, Leaf, go. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Oh! God. All right. 
She bats her eyes and purses her big lips. Miss Jolie wears her jeans below her hips. She's got a room full of sex toys and whips. That Angelina makes guys' pants fall off. Read about her in the Times or Post. There's no marriage safe from coast to coast. If she meets your man, your love life's toast. Angelina makes guys' pants fall off. She'll start by kicking out of her shoes. Let the wind blow up her skirt. It's an offer you just can't refuse. Cause she wants you for dessert. She wants towards you in her garters and thongs. What's the land handle you like King Kong? When you see her, you begin to brawl. Angelina makes guys pants fall off. She's an almighty, unholy force. You'll lose everything in your divorce. But when you're with her, there's no remorse. Angelina makes guys pants fall off. Before you know if you're adopting her kids, following her like a dog. When she leaves you, your life is the skin. You'll read about it in her blog. That's the way that Miss Jolie lives life. Maybe you should stay with your wife. She's like a flame that attracts the moth. Absolutely. Angelina makes guys pants fall off. Angelina makes guys pants fall off. All right. Call 35 at QAM. Happy Thursday to a man. The sun is shining here. It is beautiful. It's been cold, all right here, too. No snow, no mow. No mow. Uh, oh, we had a little bit. Absolutely. We had a little uh, bit here, a little bit there. Not too much. New York Times has an editorial that I think I might just read right now. Very short, right to the point. Censoring truth. The Bush administration long ago secured a special place in history for the audacity with which it manipulates science to suit its political ends. But it set a new standard of cynicism when it allowed NASA's leading authority on global warming to be mugged by a 24-year-old presidential appointee who, quite apart from having no training on that issue, had inflated his resume. In early December, James Hansen, the space agency's top climate specialist, called for accelerated efforts to reduce industrial emissions of carbon dioxide and other gases linked to global warming. After his speech, he told Andrew C. Revkin of the Times he was threatened with dire consequences if he continued to call for aggressive action. Should I read that last sentence again? Could you? After his speech, he told Andrew C. Revkin of the Times he was threatened with dire consequences if he continued to call for aggressive action. This was not the first time Dr. Hansen had been rebuked by the Bush team, which has spent the better part of five years avoiding the issue of global warming. It was merely one piece of a larger pattern of deception and denial. 
The administration has sought to influence the policy debate by muzzling the people who disagree with it, or, as was in the case with two major reports from the EPA in 2002 and 3, editing out inconvenient truths or censoring them entirely. In this case, the censor was George Deutsch, a functionary in NASA's public affairs office whose chief credential appears to have been in service with President Bush's re-election campaign and inaugural committee. Kind of sounds like Brownie Brown again, doesn't it? Oh, but on his resume, Mr. Deutsch claimed a 2003 bachelor's degree in journalism from Texas A&M, but the university alerted by a blogger said that wasn't even true. Mr. Deutsch has now resigned. The shocker wasn't NASA's failure to vet Mr. Deutsch's credentials, but that this young politico with no qualifications was able to impose his ideology on other agency employees. At one point, he told a web designer to add the word theory after every mention of the Big Bang. As Dr. Hansen observed, Mr. Deutsch was only a bit player in the administration's dishonest game of politicizing science on issues like warming, birth control, forest policy, and clean air. This from a president who promised in the State of the Union address to improve American competitiveness by spending more on science. Liar, liar, your thing is on fire. How do you like that? You phony baloney. You coax Norton, booze a piece of turd. God. Well, you have to have respect for our president. Not this one. Man. I'm getting all choked up about it. i got to blow choke. my nose. Well, you were sneezing before. No, I'm not gagging. I'm just wheezing in the... Ah. Mm. See, that's the way it goes, Bush. I'm getting stuff out of my nose, not snorting something into it, as the case may be. You ever do Coke? I got uh, diet right here. No, okay. I did not ever do Coke. Why? No, I'm just taking a survey. No. What about Josh? You ever do Coke? I have not, no. No. George not my, has. Not my though. kind of thing. No, George has done it. That's why he yeah, asked the question. But it's not my thing. No, George has dropped acid. He's done coke. He's uh, crystal right. meth. Any, any, no, no, any... crystal meth, actually. Now, he don't want to touch that crystal. But bring some by, and I'll uh, give it a try. Let me say it again. Um, <laughs> no comment. I'm, I'm just moving along. I don't want to get you, in, you know, myself. Because she already hates me like poison, so. She doesn't. Yeah, she does. She just hates me. Well, we know that. And she's doing everything she can to prove it. Uh, and my life early, yeah, absolutely. What radio show do you listen to in the morning before 10 o'clock, before you turn over to this amazing, world-famous flaming thing? 984 votes. I told you we'd have a 1,000 by one tonight. I told you I'd bet you uh, Todd Drex's life on it, which ain't saying much. Boy, as he is, you know, although as annoying as he is, I tell you, Clarence is the worst. And that's why I'm in a good mood today, because I avoided this uh, nasty cold, I think. And number two, he didn't come in there and nag me this morning. You're welcome. Got to check. Uh, You're welcome. What? You're welcome. What do you mean? Oh, in other words, you, you stopped him? Yes. What did you say to him? I body blocked him. I body no, seriously, him. What, what did you do? I said uh, he was going to uh, say hi to you, and I said I, I wouldn't. Oh, good. Not, not for any particular reason. He just gets on my nerves. He's like my mother. Now, my mother's been dead a year and a half, more than that. And the one benefit of that is that I don't have to be nagged all the time. Nails, Nails, what's wrong? You know, like that day I'm on vacation. I'm sleeping, the phone rings. I mean, you know. What's wrong? I'm on vacation, bitch. Oh. (laughs) No, seriously. I remember that. The worst nag in the history of the human race. And then she finally uh, takes her dirt nap now and leaves me alone. And I got Clarence. You saw his performance yesterday. And he goes through this long, and instead of just having him send these little bulbs or whatever he needs for this board, there's none of them out yet anyway. It's just, you know, get it like, uh, make sure it'll last another three years, if I last that long. And, uh, no, he's got to make a big pro. And while the switches are what goes wrong and the light bulbs don't go out, yeah, light bulbs don't go out. That, that's what we learned from our program director yesterday. Light bulbs last forever. And believe you me, he's living proof that they don't because his, his bulb went out a long time ago if it was ever on in the first place. Just anything else? Anything else? No, nothing else. Just go away. Get my check on time. Which Nice going, Clarence. Two days early this time. Oh, oh thank you so much. Now, just go away. I'll see you like on about the 20th of the month to remind you about the 25th. Now, just go away. 
He is so freaking annoying and just nag and nag. You might want to mention that on Monday, that we need an adult program director at the radio station when you have your lunch with Joe Bell. You might want to mention that. All right. I'm not joking about that either. You might also want to mention the fact that, like, we also, from the sales department, now that he's making a big move, we've got the sales manager, the new one in there, and that, that you know, that's a start, and brought Brian Smuts back, which is great. be nice to get a little bit of feedback once in a while. I know that we don't have too much feedback, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not talking about the kind on the air, but I'll, I'll, mention, I'll mention that to, uh, to Joe yeah. and the new sales manager. Yeah, are you going to meet the new sales manager? Is he actually going to speak to I us? I think he's supposed to be roaming around the building today. I'm going to go look for him. Wow. If he actually speaks to us, that'll be uh, quite a development. We'll put that. We'll interrupt right. whatever program he's on as a bulletin. And by us, you mean you? Any of us. Anybody connected with this Cho or with the Humpers Cho? That would be quite an accomplishment after this last turd burger they dragged through there. Of course, that was a Greg Reed thing, you know. And I think that had something to do with him and the screw Ann. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. I like to go fishing inside the shower store. Slip side as I go swishing and splatter off the wall. I bend over forward, try to aim it at my face. But I'm much too small, my tiny feet fall away. Why trickles on my leg? When April showers come my way, I like a golden shower. Squirt, squirt, and spray, taking a golden shower. I like a golden shower. You fairy. I use the trickle down beanie before I start to scrub. I rinse off my wee wee with a pair of Lupa gloves. The wind of my toes makes me feel so wet and wild. Hey, here's some exciting news, and thanks to whoever faxed it in, I never would have found this, because I don't really check that MSNBC thing that often, for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know either. Cookie story, though. Man who drove through S- drove SUV in a dealership kills himself on board flight. He's dead. The man who drove his new SUV into a Miami-Dade Ford dealership and set it on fire killed himself on board a commercial flight last night. George, I'm sorry, Gerard Georgettis was charged with Cristobal arson. Colon. Cristobal Colon. Bartolo Colon came in in the fourth inning. Gerard Georgettis was charged with arson and criminal mischief after the incident Saturday afternoon at Metro Ford in Miami. The FAA said a passenger was found dead in the bathroom of a United Airlines plane Wednesday night. The plane was flying from Washington, D.C. to L.A. and was diverted to Denver. The Denver medical law, can you imagine you walk in the tea room and there's a guy laying there dead as a doornail in the uh, in that small, uh, you know, pretty small uh-huh. the bathroom. The Denver medical examiner's office confirmed that the man was Georgettis. The fire at Metro Ford caused about a million dollars in damage. NBC6's Nick Bogert spoke with Georgettis on Monday, who said he regretted his actions. It was just stupid, Georgettis said. And now, he's now. dead. Dead. Found dead in the bathroom. So he killed himself on board a flight. I guess he was having, like, second thoughts about right. doing something that stupid. Does it say how he killed himself? Well, no, it said that Channel 6 is continuing. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, that's the whole idea is to keep a little bit of suspense out there. You don't want to shoot the whole... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Maybe he impaled himself with one of them real uh, dull 
plastic well, knife. I know how he did it. He drank that water from the sink. That would do it. Or maybe just the fumes from that turlet. Maybe somebody didn't flush. Maybe they didn't flush that blue liquid down the, uh, well, 5670560, oh, pound 560 in the Verizon. That's one thing about when I'm on, and of course I hate, oh, I hate doing that in the uh, oh, yeah. airplane. Me too. But, you know, sometimes, especially if you're dumb enough to eat their food, and boy, all of a sudden there's a music explosion. What's even worse is doing it on the bus. Yeah, like that kid that fell out of the bus the other day. Right, because the bus kind of moves around. It ain't yeah, the bus all of a sudden makes a sudden stop. Of course, the, right. uh, the airplane kind of like uh, hits one of them pockets, and all of a That's sudden, right. wow. Woo! You talk <laughs> about a moving experience. Remember Peter Sellers with his leg up in the air with the um, broken leg? Right. Well, at any rate, what was I just going to say? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, and, and the thing I forgot to mention before about that, and it's a true story about my experience in the shower last night, that was all brought on by that Hall's uh, sucrose-free mental lifters. Right, that, and um, they make it smell was, special, too. Oh, brother. I am a cereal, man. That was enough to, like, gag. We could have gassed the whole Al-Qaeda with that. Water-damaged autos from hurricanes are flooding the market. They're beaten up, they're bad news, but they're good at hiding their past. By the time the truth comes out, it's too late. They're flood cars, water-damaged vehicles that have been cleaned up and resold. In the next few months, unwary shoppers could get soaked as thousands of salvaged cars from hurricanes, Katrina, Rita, and Wilma, roll into uh, states around the country. Insurance investigators already have uncovered flood cars in Florida and California, although so far no complaints have been filed with consumer affairs agencies in Broward or Palm Beach counties. <laughs> Nobody's sure how many flood-damaged vehicles are in the Sunshine State. Hey, listen, that's perfect for Florida. Sucker is born every minute. Look at the governor. Look at your fat-ass governor. He's proof of it. But last year's hurricanes are estimated to have generated between 250,000 and 600,000 flood cars, more than any storm season in history. Investigators think thousands might be in Florida and more on the way. We know they're out there. It's going to be a huge headache for everybody, said Stan Doss a senior special agent in Tampa with the National Insurance Crime Bureau, an investigative and educational organization financed by the insurance industry. It's not illegal for dealers or private owners to sell vehicles damaged by water, but it becomes fraud, investigators say, if the sellers don't disclose the car's history or circumvent state title regulations requiring such problems to be declared. I can just see that right now, can't you? <coughs> these are the worst cars. Big signs saying, oh, these are from the New Orleans, by the way. They're from the hurricane. We'll give you like ten bucks off. These are the worst cars on the road. No one should be driving them, said Larry Gamachi, spokesman for Carfax, which conducts title and accident history research. These are cars that sat in fetid water. Oh, what a great word. F-E-T-I-D. Fetid water filled with industrial and human waste. Oh, man. Kind of reminds me of that tow yard turd. Many New Orleans dealers crushed their stocks of unsold flooded new cars rather than risk having them back out in the market, Doss said. A recent Louisiana law requires all totaled cars due to the flooding to be destroyed or sold only for parts. In hopes of protecting consumers, the Bureau for the first time has opened its private flood files so buyers can check if a vehicle is a hurricane survivor. About 205,000 flood damage cars already in the online database. The Bureau's database, logging flood damage vehicle identification numbers, or VINs, recorded by insurance companies and agents like DOS, is available at www.nicb.org. NICB.org. It also includes hull numbers of damaged boats. NICB.org. Carfax normally charges 20 to 25 bucks for repurpose, allowing consumers to use its flood database free as well. Go to Carfax.com backslash flood. Got it? Got it. Carfax Abbey. I mean, Carfax.com backslash flood. What the hell was Carfax Abbey? Isn't that where Dracula was hanging out? I thought it was Fairfax. Huh? I thought it was Fairfax. Fairfax. Carfax. Carfax. Miramax. Speaking of New Orleans and those flooded cars, 
The city of New Orleans could lose up to 80% of its black population if people... And it's not going to be chocolate, baby. Ray Nagin's going to be really P.O.'d. White chocolate, maybe. The city of New Orleans could... I don't like white chocolate, do you? I don't, I'm not... No, uh, not, uh, I'm not into that. It, it's sickeningly sweet. And it doesn't taste like chocolate. It just tastes like uh, sugar. Right. Ooh, too sweet. That's why you don't like Emil Hirsch. Too sweet. The si- <laughs> Will you stop? Well, what, it's a good movie, man. Imaginary Heroes is great, and you're going to discourage movie. people like, from watching it because you're pretending lot. it's a, yeah. another one of them. Oh, and, and, you're, and you're the one that just sent me Bareback Mountain. That's right. The, uh, the, the Thaggery in Imaginary Heroes is very, very subtle. Very not, quick yeah. and very subtle. And if, you, if you're, like, taking a leak or something in that particular moment when that's that kiss right. takes place, you don't even know it's If it. you blink, you miss it. That's it. They, they did. It must have been the uh, right. ecstasy. <laughs> that's what it was. The city of New Orleans could lose up to 80% of its black population if people displaced by Hurricane Katrina are not able to return to damaged hoods, according to an ongoing university study. This means that policy choices affecting who can return to which neighborhoods and with what forms of public and private assistance will greatly affect the future of the character of the city, according to the Brown University study. Oh, the Brown University study, as opposed to the White University study, which is being funded by the National Science Foundation. The lead researcher, sociology professor John Logan, determined that if the city's returning population was limited to neighborhoods undamaged by Katrina, half the white population would not return, 80% of the black population would not return. So you're right, it's going to be like light chocolate. There's very good reason for people to be concerned that the future of New Orleans will not be a place for the people who used to live there, that there won't be room in New Orleans for large segments of the population they used to call home, said Logan, who studies urban areas. All them mugwumps will be coming back from the bayou instead. The study used maps from FEMA that detailed flood and wind damage and compared them to data from the 2000 census, U.S. Census to determine who and what areas were affected. It found the storm damaged areas had been 75% black compared to 46% black in undamaged areas of the city. It also found that 29% of the households in damaged areas lived below the poverty line compared to 24% of the households in undamaged areas, just like kind of Jimmy Carter was saying at Coretta King's funeral yesterday while he and everybody else were taking good, well-deserved shots at your dumbass smirking chimp president. Pathetic. Well, here's this raghead from Syria again on her. This propagandist, this bald-headed geek on CNN. Iran is adamant. Hey, Kassel baby, you Syrians, man, you're next. First the Saudis, and then you, and then the Pakis. Right? Right. And then the Canadians. And then the Great Danes. Teach them to be putting them damn cartoons in there. 5670560. Pound 560 in the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. There's the tremendous input we're getting on all this stuff today. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What, from the audience? Yeah, from these knuckleheads out there. Or if you take some calls. Well, I just gave the number again. I don't, and when the delay catches up in about 20 minutes, maybe we'll get some. One thing about us, man, we got like 45 delays, each one 30 minutes or longer. That's right. If we want to put them all into effect, you'll hear the rest of the show like about seven weeks from Tishabov. That, that thing about Tishabov, <laughs> that, that, that was just, it's just, my insides are just rocketing around. Like, uh, wow. That's a good story. Like spastic co- cologne. Oh, cologne. Right. WQAM, hello. QAM. Neil, how you doing, man? Okay. It's a few years since I talked to you since I moved out of that hellhole down there. Uh-huh. I'm living on the West Coast now, Sarasota area. Oh, so and sorry. What a horrible place I know, that I is. What a hellhole. But I'm visiting family over here, and I just had a story that happened to me last month. You might appreciate it. It's a funny story. I'm taking my wife out there to our anniversary dinner, and a friend of mine, I got a gourmet dessert company, and a friend of mine uh, gave me uh, some passes to go on this a formal dinner cruise, right? And who shows up on the dinner cruise was Catherine Harris. And my wife knows how I feel about her. And then I think I'm... Catherine Harris? Yeah, she's, first of all, Humane Society thing. It was a charity event. And because I delivered dessert to the guy, he gave me a free pass on his dinner cruise. I, I mean, there's a lot of political people there. Man, I laid into this chick. You know, I just walked up to her first. I said, hey, how 
have you ever gotten in trouble for fixing the election? I mean, the house, the house well, let me can I ask you a question seriously? Yeah. You said you have a wife? Yes, sir. Now, you speak to her in this voice? He uses this voice. Oh, here's a fact. No, seriously, I don't know how a guy like who speaks like that could possibly have a wife. If you ever want to know how to translate something from one language to another, go to freetranslation.com. Says this fax. As the name indicates, it's, oh, this is from Charles and Deerfield Beach. Thank you, Chuck. Probably shouldn't say Chuck because, you know, there's some people named Robert who don't, who don't want to be called Bob. Right. Because they confuse it with, like, Neil and Bob. Not Neil Rogers and Bob Green, but Neil and Bob, although we do have that bit. Uh, and some people named Charles don't want to be called Chuck. Because it reminds them of ground beef. Or maybe, like, <laughs> up Chuck. What's up, Chuck? As the name indicates, it's a free service, so the translation is sometimes a little rough, which uh, don't always count for slang. For instance, when I typed in my ace in the hole and it selected that English to Italian, it said, Il mio asso nel foro. Oh, my God. Il mio asso, asso, <laughs> nel foro. P.S. If you've ever, uh, never seen the movie The Formula, starring George C. Scott and Marlon Brando, check it out. Considering the times we live in, it's right for a remake, although I can't imagine anyone giving a better performance than Brando, who plays the head of a large oil cartel. The last scene with Scott and Brando is great. The Formula. Sounds very familiar to me. You've seen The Formula? Sounds very formular. No, I've As never seen As in, like, VO5 Formula, with, like, Alberto VO5. Il mio asso. If you do, you clean Careful. Nel foro. Il mio... Oh, il solo mio. I've got to be very careful because I'm right on the verge of the right, yeah. saying all sorts of things. Oh, wait, we oh, don't have one. 12.58 at QM. When we come back, we're going like, to swear in Italian for an hour. This okay, is Neil Rogers. This is 5 the one to two hours. From the producers of ABC's sci-fi thriller Invasion comes a show about an even scarier, more diabolical terror. The government has denied their existence for years, but they're here among us, in your town, even in your own home, just waiting for you to pick up the phone. George Bush stars as the listener in Invasion of Privacy. Hello, this is customer support. What is being requested and or problem with your product and or service, please? Yeah, I see my computer just crashed. And I don't... Did you hear that? Yes, I am to be hearing it as well. Is someone else there on the line? Uh, no. What? Who is this? Oh, yes, I do have to know. Uh, don't worry there, Steve. It's just me, your president. Uh, go ahead, don't mind me. Mr. President? What's going on? And how did you know my name? Oh, I know a lot about you. I like your nickname is Bubba, and you order pizza every Friday night. What? And let's see here. Looks like you missed a few payments on that student loan there, Bubba. I can't believe this. You can't do this. Think again there, Bubba. Oh, oh I am also a bit of a righteous indignation. Watch it there, Haji Patel of New Delhi. But this is part of being a private call. A private overseas call there, Buddha boy. I am not a Buddhist, sir. I am Hindu. I don't care if you shamu. Don't mess with Texas, son. Because I got a predator drone circling 3851 votes against the party line established by fat-ass Governor Jeb Bush. Uh-huh. He's getting his, see. Payback is a bitch. That's right. Whether this means Villalobos is officially knocked out of the future leadership post, which will begin 2008, is unclear. Villalobos supporters say he still has enough votes from his fellow Republicans who control the 40-member chamber with 26 votes. 
Villalobos said he's not given up, but acknowledged he was caught late in an active, well-organized conspiracy engineered by Senator Alex Diaz de la Portilla, a fellow Miami Cuban-American Republican. How do you like that? Backstabber. When I first ran for this office, I was behind, then I had the votes. Now some people are saying I'm behind. This is far from over, Villalobos be saying. Diaz de la Portilla didn't comment this morning. Atwater, who met with Villalobos this morning, couldn't be reached either. Meantime, Senate Democrats, who can conceivably team up with moderate Republicans to keep fellow Lobos, are staying out of the fight. One South Florida Democrat said the party is eagerly watching Republicans tear each other apart in an effort to remove a Cuban-American from one of the state's top lawmaking posts. The Herald reported in today's edition that the coup attempt had failed Wednesday night. However, two of the senators who said they were in fellow Lobos camp Wednesday night switched this morning. They switched. A third, Senator J.D. Alexander, who refused to comment Wednesday, was among those who backed away from Villalobos. Somebody got to him. How do you like that? Speaking to your fat-ass governor and Catherine Harris, and a guy who talked in that very high-pitched voice. I couldn't listen to him no more. He was just too squeaky. What was he talking about? About Catherine Harris? No Her idea. Some crap. Fear of U.S. drove Iran's nuclear policy. Oh, uh, just too much of this propaganda, man. Too much truth. American public can't. They're like, uh, they're like what Jack Nicholson said. You can't handle the truth. Actually, what he said to Tom was, You fairy! The George W. Bush administration's adoption of a policy threatening to use military force against Iran disregarded a series of official intelligence estimates going back many, many years that consistently judged Iran's fear of U.S. attack to be a major motivating factor in its pursuit of nuclear weapons. Two former CIA officials who were directly involved in producing CIA estimates on Iran revealed in separate interviews with IPS that the national intelligence estimates on Iran have consistently portrayed its concerns about the military threat posed by the U.S. as a central consideration in Iran's pursuit of nuclear weapons capability. Paul Pilar, who managed the writing of all NIEs on Iran from 2000 to 2005, that's national intelligence estimates. Pilar, I wonder if he's kidding to Pilar on the passions. Told IPS that all of the NIEs on Iran during that period addressed Iranian fears of U.S. attack explicitly and related their desire for nuclear weapons to those fears. Iranian perceptions of threat, especially from the U.S. and Israel, Oy. were not the only factor, Pilar said, but were, in our judgment, part of what drove whatever effort they were making to build nuclear weapons. Pilar said the dominant view of the intelligence community in the past three years has been that Iran would seek a nuclear weapons capability, but analysts have also considered that a willingness on the part of Washington to reassure Iran on security fears would have a significant effect on Iranian policy. They like that. They don't want that. What they want to do is go in there and, like, uh, you know, kill a whole bunch of people. Because, after all, isn't that what... Compacted conservatism is all about? That's right. I'm sure I remember in that first debate when uh, Gore asked him, what does that really mean, compassionate conservative? And Bush said, kill some people. Yeah. Website hawking, this is good news, I think. Websites hawking phone records shut down. First good. of all, how that, ever, how that ever started in the first place has got to be an infamia, you know, mm -hmm. as they say in Torino. Following a wave of negative publicity and pressure from the government, several websites that peddled people's private phone records are calling it quits. Gives me the schmitz. We are no longer accepting new orders, was the announcement posted yesterday on two such sites, LocateCell.com and CellTools.com. They should find whoever put those sites up and bada bing, you know. And you want to know how that guy died in a plane? Yeah. We don't know yet. Oh. I, just, I just rechecked it because I know that, you know, inquiry minds want to know how he offed himself. How did he commit suicide on a plane? Maybe, maybe he took a pill. Okay. Maybe he had a cyanide tablet. Thank you for your patronage. It was a pleasure serving you, those sites said, and then they closed down. The FTC this week conducted a sweep of 40 sites known to have been selling private phone records. According to the FTC's Lydia Parnes, more than 20 sites have recently shut down or stopped advertising for new business. The agency has sent letters to about 20 other sites warning them they may be violating the law should review their business practices, said Parnes, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. 
Parnes, who testified before a Senate subcommittee on consumer affairs, said the commission also has a number of ongoing investigations into the sales. She did not elaborate. While some sites appear to be closing up shop, others have seen a boom in business with a recent media attention, said Mark Rottenberg, executive director of the Electronic Privacy Information Center. Rottenberg urged lawmakers to ban a practice known as pretexting, in which data brokers or others call a phone company, impersonate a customer, and then persuade the company to release the calling records. I mean, they, they have to, they ha- he has to urge lawmakers to ban it. It's fraud. Right. Those records usually include whom a person called, who called them, and the duration of the calls. We did them, they did back. In one case that received a lot of attention recently, the blogger was able to buy the phone records of former Democratic presidential candidate Wesley Clark, who was found to be calling the Delhi Den for takeout. All the site needed, it said, was Clark's cell phone number and a credit card payment of eighty nine ninety five. Remember that when Wesley Clark was campaigning? Mm-hmm. And I one schmuck that punk called and said, oh, anybody who's uh, g- uh, good on uh, Meet the Press is going to be, or whatever he said. Remember that idiotic crap? Right. right. Oh, Just right. like the other punk that called him. Thank you, Mr. President, for the low gas prices. And then, of course, Wesley Clark started in South Florida by eating deli at the deli den. That was the end of him. All, you know, he's pandering to the old Jews oh, in Hollywood hey. and Hallandale. What would you think about that? Pre- pretty stupid. Transparent, pretty stupid. And, of course, he turned out to be a bungling idiot. And again, even though I agree with the many of the things he said, but he's still a bungling idiot. I mean, take a look at that Democratic field, okay? What do we got? We got Howard Dean. We got Dennis Kucinich, who nobody would take seriously because he's got that silly right. little hairpiece. And he's about two feet tall. It comes uh-huh. up to your knees. Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, who's a little bit uh, too chocolate and too uh, big mouth. And, and what else we got? We got Hillary. Oh, I, got, mm-hmm. I got, in fact, what a segue in a minute. Hillary Clinton and Walmart, a love story. You're going to puke. I, I feel like puking. Okay. In fact, that, that melting pot stuff, as good as it was, I think it's yeah. making a comeback. It melted in my mouth. It's where, like that song by the Four Seasons, Working My Way Back Through You. What radio show do you listen to in the morning before 10? Hank 192, Nun 151. Air America 129. That's an infomnia. What have they got on? NPR 112. Howard Stern. They're serious. 103, 9.9%. More than Joe Rose, who's got 79. Isn't that interesting? Isn't he on 79? Okay. Ron right. and Paul, 71. 72 just changed again, and Joe Rose went to 80 because it was too embarrassing. So now. Uh, Bob and Tom, 68. Joe Rose, I hear, is really PO'd at the management over there and wants to come back to us. We want you back, Joe. Now, who did that song? We want you back. That was the Jackson 5. Wasn't that the uh, name of the song? I want you back. I want you back. Bob and Tom, 68. Well, I'm, I can't believe I remember the name of that uh, group, the Exciters. And tell them that was a medley of their smash one-hit wonder, the Exciters. And you still can't find it, can you? No, I can't. But I can find this. Oh, I want you back. Jackson 5, Michael's uh, recording for the Pope now on the uh, CDs from the Vatican, and he's living in Bahrain and molesting a lot of little kids. But we can like this, because this is from when he was innocent. This is from when he was, like, uh, maybe being molested by Joe or somebody else in the family, or maybe his brothers. And And when he was chocolate. He was just, yeah, a little bit chocolate back then, as opposed to, like, uh, white as a ghost. Looks like Casper the Unfriendly Ghost now. Bob and Tom 68, other music station 36, WIOD 22, XM 18, they got Oprah. Ooh, no speaking English station, 16. And you're right, that could be not only Espanol, but maybe a Hattitian. Si. Uh, Mike and Mike in the morning, 12. Howard Stern, Pirate, 8. Eight people are picking up Howard illegally. Magic 102.77. Y100. What? 5. WFTL, 4. Mr. Ego, Steve Kane. Oh, he's up to 3 now. That means that Nick Lawrence voted finally. Power 96 has got a pair. Uh, KPX finally got one, and VUM got one. Solamente uno. Well, that's because all them punks are in class. They do have right. classes at UM, don't they, once in a while? I'm sure the jocks don't attend any of them, but uh, I think they got a class every now and then. <laughs> oh. And, of course, at UM, it's low class. What a, what a place. What a... Oh, brother. I can't even begin to tell you. 
Very sad. It, you know what it is? There's a word that what covers it very nicely. Erzatz. Erzatz. That's a university like uh, like my room here is a university. In fact, I think this is a bastion of greater knowledge that are in, the, is in that joint. Oh, but what about that great school of medicine there? Oh, yeah. I could tell you stories about one doctor in particular who fancies himself as an expert on diabetes. Oh, brother. You know, it's in spite of him that I'm still alive. I don't want to use his name on here, but maybe someday. Put it in that book. I, I'm telling you, ask my doctor, as uh, Winnie used to say. Just uh, scary. Oh, yeah, take one of them pills uh, whenever you feel like it. And, uh, yeah, right. Diabetes, my ass. 12 minutes. See, you know what the best deal is? I don't want to get into that health kit because the audience hates it. Be your own doctor. You know, unless you've got something chronic going on. But uh, very often it's a good idea to be your own doctor. It's a good idea. Yeah. Learn about your own body. Mm-hmm. You know, stick your finger way up your nostril and check out what's in there. Doing it now. Finally, a TV experience like no other, Comcast Digital Cable with On Demand is easy to use and has lots to love. And today you can try for only $34.99 a month for three months. Why is TV so much better with On Demand? For starters, you can watch a wide variety of movies and shows whenever you want. It's a revolutionary new way to enjoy TV. On Demand is a library of thousands of programs ready to start when you say so. With programming including free movies, kids shows, music videos, cooking shows, sports, home improvement shows, guitar lessons, and so much more, you'll always have something good to watch right when you want to watch it. And don't forget about control. With On Demand, you can start, stop, pause, rewind, and fast-forward programs using that remote, especially if you're real quick. You can't get all this with satellite. With up to 250 channels plus On Demand, you can build your own TV schedule. Who could possibly ask for more? And best of all, On Demand is free with Comcast Digital Cable. So pick your showtime, sit back, and you wonder how you ever managed without it. Call today, order Comcast Digital Cable and HBO with the power of On Demand for only $34.99 a month for three months. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST and in 954-COMCAST. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 AM. You could abort every black baby in this country and your crime rate would go down. Yeah. Oh, you sure caught me with my uh, DCS yeah, with down. Boxes down. What the hell is this? We got any shorter breaks we can play? George Bush doesn't care about black people. Howard Dean's out of the presidential race. We are leaving one track, but we are going on another track. Now, Howard pursues his true passion. We're not dropping out. Howard Dean sings the classic rock hits. Arizona, South Carolina, Oklahoma, North Dakota. The media just sucking up, man. They're just manipulating them like uh, like a puppet on a string. Just in, Al-Qaeda terrorists plan to fly a plane into L.A. Uh, U.S. Uh, bank tower. Isn't that great? Oh, well. All this crap that he came out here this morning, now they're all hyperventilating. Safety, safety, safety. He's keeping us safe. We don't care what, in other words, uh, let's just give up all our rights. Let's just tear up the whole Constitution. It's just like he says, it's just a crappy piece of paper anyway. Who gives a crap about it? And the media just willingly, man, just sucking along, sucking along. That's my message to you people in the media, especially you idiots at CNN. You suck. You bastardos. That's what Columbus would have said here. Bastardos. He would have rolled his R's a few times, too. He probably was rolling a big fat one as he said it. God. Can you imagine what he... Well, he must have had a good... Now, did he ever make it to Jamaica, man? He was in the Bahamas. Yeah, man. All over the Caribbean. Yeah, he went all over the Caribbean. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he was a Jamaica, man. 
Hillary Clinton and Walmart love story from the Huffington Post. You're going to barf. You better get your uh, pot out. I'm not talking the smoking kind. I'm talking about the... Even Walmart, the largest and arguably the most powerful corporation in the country, is no match for the triangulation, pandering, and obfuscation of Hillary Clinton. With Walmart rating as public enemy number one among many liberals, progressives, and just regular voters, Clinton is finding her past ties to Walmart too hot to handle, so presto, over the side, the beast of Bentonville must go. For those not in the know, Clinton served on Walmart's board for six years prior to her husband's run for the presidency. She recently received five grand from Walmart. I've raised the Walmart relationship, writes Jonathan Tassini on uh, the Huffington Post. Uh, re repeatedly, my current race against Clinton causes deep unease among voters. I believe it speaks to the incumbent's close ties to abusive corporate power for large corporate financial contributions or support for so-called free trade, which is simply trade to benefit corporations. Her support for so-called uh, and her unwillingness to confront corporate power that denies every American, among other things, universal health insurance. So I had to chuckle. Did you crack your fingers again? Yes. So I had to chuckle when I read that Clinton, having never said a bad word about the company in the past, recently said that Walmart should pay more for its workers' health benefits, and to boot, she returned the five grand she'd received from the company. But when asked what she did about the company's benefits for workers when she served on the board, she replied, well, you know, that was a long time ago. Have to remember. You can't have it both ways. You can't promote an image of being an intelligent woman who has a pile of facts at her fingertips, but at the same time, you suffer a sudden bout of amnesia when asked to answer for your record. It will be an inconvenient record to defend. In 1992, Walmart was simply smaller than it is today, but it was still huge with $43.9 billion in net sales, 1,700-plus stores, and 371,000 employees. Even in 92, Walmart was already the world's largest retailer. And the board Hillary Clinton sat on was rapidly anti-union, exploiting sweatshop labor around the world, discriminating against women workers, forcing workers to labor off the clock, and destroying communities that didn't want them. This should not be a shock. Clinton was a partner in the Rose Law Firm, one of the most active anti-union law firms in the country. So the question still remains, what did Hillary Clinton do or not do when she served on the board of Walmart? Maybe if her memory was refreshed, she could tell us how she protested the company's relentless union busting, expressed feminine outrage at the widespread discrimination against women, and was horrified that the mushrooming wealth of Walmart family was made possible on the backs of slave labor around the world. Her behavior, then, when the spotlight was not on and her record didn't matter to voters, should tell a lot of uh, voters a lot about her principles and values and a carefully orchestrated image New Yorkers try to figure out. Voters deserve to know. Well, he wants her, her orifice, but nevertheless. She's a full of crap, is what right. she is. She's a politician. He's a piece of crap. Dandelion but, seed. But, I beg your pardon? She's a dandelion seed. Hey seed. Right. But, yeah. yesterday Hillary accused Republicans of playing the fear card on terrorism. She's all over the place. To win elections and said Democrats can't keep quiet if they want to win in November. Is this the same Hillary who voted for the war in Iraq? Must be. The New York Democrat facing re-election this year and considered a potential White House uh, candidate in 2008 said Republicans won the past two elections on the issue of national security. They're doing it to us again. They didn't win the last two elections. Okay, Hillary, I hate to break the news to you. She said a speech by presidential advisor Carl Rove two weeks ago showed the GOP election message is, all we've got is fear and we're going to keep playing the fear card. That's why your president was on today, by the way, hocking and trying to about this aborted uh, al-Qaeda attack in L.A. Safety, safety, safety. In that speech, Rove suggested Republicans can prevail in 2006 by showing that Democrats had undermined terrorism fighting efforts by questioning Bush's authority to allow wiretapping without getting court approval first. Clinton said at a convention of UAW workers that Democrats should not be afraid to question Bush's handling of the war. How do you like that? She's sucking up to the UAW now. I take a backseat to nobody when it comes to fighting terrorism and standing up for national homeland security, she said. Referring to Osama Yamama, she said, You can't explain to me why we haven't captured or killed the tallest man in Afghanistan. She added, since when has it become part of the American patriotism to keep our mouths shut? 
White House spokesman Ken Lassese, or whatever his name is, responded, it sounds like from the reports that the political season is certainly starting early for some. Well, why not? She was cheered by the auto workers, a few of whom shouted, Hillary for president! Hillary for president! And some other ones shouted, uh, You fairy! Yeah, Ice Princess. Well, you know, if that's what we got, that's going to be what we got. Pretty scary. I, I really? Ain't. I'm scared. Oh, yeah, that's not good. I don't think she could win a fixed election. Of course, it will be fixed. I don't think she can win it. Yeah, the wrong way. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon and Singular wireless line. I mean, why should this election be different from any other American election in recent years? Fixed. WQAM, hello. Damien, stop reading bedtime story. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Neil. Yep. Hey, how are you? Um, I heard you yesterday just um, talking about the the new HD DVD. Yes. Uh, have you heard about the Sony uh, Blu-ray DVD that is coming up? When's that coming out? Two years from Natishabov? Well, actually, it's at the end of this year. They have it projected towards November or December, but, uh, but they're releasing the new PlayStation 3, which is Blu-ray compatible. That's mm -hmm. their launch. Yeah. Uh, so they're planning basically launching first, uh, like, uh, uh, a game station, uh, which is uh, compatible with this type of Blu-ray, and then that's going to be the, the first platform for, for Sony and the competition for Toshiba. Yeah, well, Toshiba's coming out next month, so why do I want to wait till the end of the year till Sony gets around to it? Well, the Blu-ray has an advantage of... Uh, and it, what is that? It, it, well, it's got uh, more capacity for information. Uh, with the Blu-ray DVD, you could have all those trailers and extra features that you won't find on a, on a HD DVD from Toshiba. I think it's got four layers of, um, of data instead of two from Toshiba. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much, how much, how many layers do I need? Like about, about, uh, about 30, man. 30 layers? <laughs> well, uh, we're currently using one, maybe In fact, two I think the layers are starting to get pretty thick on this phone call, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, that's the only difference. It's the density of the DVD and the machine. It's a good machine, man, that plays Is it, it a good machine? Yeah, it is a good, good machine, man. Well, that's what I'm looking for, is a good machine, man. <laughs> I know, that was it. For. Okay, thanks for the heads up, Pally. No problem. And heads down. Heads up, heads down. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless line. So it's your choice. You know, it's like when we went with the VHS and the beta. The, always do the same thing. You know, which right. technology is going to be the better one, and which one's going to stick around? And then you go out and you buy something. You spend a whole zillion uh, pot full of money to buy it, and then you find out uh, six months later it's obsolete. Well, in our case, they'll both be obsolete by the time I can afford it. Oh yeah, you and Josh. You kidding yeah. me? Although he's getting that big raise out here. He's going to be working over there at Power ninety six. He's going to be censoring all the filth that they're playing on the air over there. By the way, when you have your meeting with our new sales manager, you might suggest you know, that one issue that I have going that we don't want to say on the air. And, uh, you know, and the other one I talked about. All right. About feedback, you know? Mm -hmm. Feedback. Like that. WQIM, hello. QIM. Hey, Dr. Neil. Speaking. Neil. Yep. Um, I went out of town a little bit about this man just saying, what happened? I listened to him a little bit yesterday. He was so pissed off, and that's how I usually like him. Yeah. Well, his, his wife and his kid, to make a long story short, they were in Detroit, I guess, after the Super Bowl. And they went to some bar or some club or somewhere, and they were waiting on line outside. And some punk made some comments about Mad, uh, Mrs. Mandich, Mrs. Mad Dog. And, uh, of course, the son actually stepped in for mom and beat the crap out of this other guy. And then it turned into a brawl, and um, they, they got busted. They went to jail, and, uh, you know, and that's it. And Mandich, evidently, 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 Mandich thought that it was Channel 6 that uh, put her picture on the air and uh, went through a whole song and dance about her uh, son. And then come to find out it was Channel 7, so 
Oh, he, he wound up with like a little island on his face. I beg your pardon? Was Jim there? No, he himself? wasn't there. No, he was uh, he was here in Florida. All right. Okay. Now I understand. Thanks. Oh, if, if he'd have been there, the other guy would have been dead. You know that. <laughs> sure. That. It's okay. Right. See you, pal. Well, there's no question, is there? And no. that wouldn't have been good because then the Mad Dog would have been having to do his show from behind bars. That would not have been. Oh, that's kind of interesting. If Martha Stewart could do it, why not Mad right. Dog, right? Or Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash could do it. There you go. He walked a fine line between life and death, and then he finally tripped right over it. Uh-oh. What was the big simmist with Johnny Cash? I mean, I realized he had I walked a line, you know, and, you know. It was good. Not for you. He was good? Yes. At what? At singing and doing, playing his doing guitar drugs, and writing songs. Doing drugs, getting in good plastered. Like what? I walked the line. Like I walked the line and ring of fire. How about a boy named Sue? Boy named Sue is a good boy song. Boy named Sue. Sunday morning coming down, written by Chris Christopherson. is a very good song. Chris yeah. Christopheru, what race is he driving in? He discovered America. Yeah. Cologne. Yeah, yeah he discovered Cologne, too, Germany. I bet you didn't know that. I did not. Now, there's a city. Oh, you got to see that place. Before you croak, go to Cologne, Germany. Yeah, right after I buy that HD DVD. ED. Just before you go to Torino. Hey, whether you live near downtown Fort Lauderdale or not, I want to tell you about a restaurant that's worth a drive if you live anywhere within driving distance. It's called Terra Steak and Lobster House, and it's located on the 17th Street Causeway. Tara will be there personally. She's there just about every night greeting her guests at her brand-new, fabulous 200-seat restaurant and lounge, probably bringing East Coast residents the same unique fantastic terra dining experience that earned her Marco Island restaurant near-perfect marks in the Zagat survey. And also a Wine Spectator Award of Excellence award, a wine list now boasting over 380 selections from the world's greatest wine regions, maybe even from Torino. The main attraction at Terra Steak and Lobster House is just like the name would suggest to you, juicy, delicious steaks and lobster, and they also do a fine job with their cognac-infused lobster bisque, mom's classic crab cakes, a great selection of fresh seafood and chops. Regarded by many people as the Peter Luger of the South, which I think speaks for itself, Terra incorporates family recipes to complete the menu. Sauces and dressings are made fresh in-house every day, and hand-selected dry-aged short loins used to prepare their signature porterhouse for one, two, three, or four are served cut away from the bone on a sizzling platter, and they're so succulent they will melt in your mouth. Sweet and tender is the only way to describe Terra's three to six pound Maine lobster collection prepared whatever way you like. Steamed, broiled, stuffed with lump crab meat, or filet for the ultimate surf and turf with it. And now, being stone crab season, Terra's quickly becoming the stone crab house as well. No need to fight Miami traffic to get those jumbo sweeties, but make sure to reserve them in advance because they go like hotcakes. Don't miss Terra's happy hour every Monday through Friday, two for one specialty drinks, or their complimentary wine tasting like tonight, every Thursday from 5.30 to 7.30 when you stick around for dinner. Terra Steak and Lobster House, you'll find them at 14.30, Southeast 17th Street Causeway in Fort Lauderdale. For reservations, call them at 954-765-6202. If you're looking for a really fabulous feast, this is the place for you. 954-765-6202, or you can find more on their website at terrasteakandlobsterhouse.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. It's a terrorist warning. All right. Uh, so as you drive on into work, be alert. The White House says we're all doomed now. Can't be sure where they might strike next. Yeah, we're nervous wrecks because of all of the stress. They say not if, but when they 
Ah, it says, Neil, I usually agree with your point of view, but I think you're way off the mark today. Bush is correct on the L.A. attack. I remember watching it on TV. I think it was called 24. Yeah, I think Jack, Johnny Bauer is the one that uh, intervened. Wasn't it Johnny Bauer? Is that who it is? And Jack Bauer. And Papa Bauer. You never watched 24? As a matter of fact, I uh, am borrowing the series right now and have not started watching it yet. Well, very seriously, President Bush today disclosed new details of a foil terrorist. New plot. details? Yeah, new details. See, this is yeah, nudie. There were a bunch of Tell newbies out there. They were going like, to uh, run their boobies into the building and knock it down. This is not a new story. This is an old story that they're like, dusting off, and it happened in early 2002. And the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, we've heard about this before, and now we're just getting new details, and they're making a big simus about this, of course, because that's the idea, to justify the... And it also says uh, Bush made no mention of a controversial NSA eavesdropping program that the administration is credited with helping thwart terrorist plots and save American lives. But that's what it's all about. The West Coast plot was described in general terms last year after Bush said in a speech on terrorism that the U.S. and its allies had thwarted at least 10 serious al-Qaeda plots, which was a lie, by the way, since the 9-11 attacks, including three intended to be carried out in U.S. territory. Oh, yeah, we know those dangerous guys in Detroit and Buffalo. That was a total lie. In fact, one of those uh, shows, those CBC shows that we had on our website, I forget which one it was, one of those um, Passionate Eyes shows, debunked all of that in, in detail and gave the, the real facts there. But don't confuse the public with the facts. Let's just trot out this thing right now and give us greater detail. Just, just to keep it an impression in mind of the public. Safety, safety, safety. Because they know damn well that uh, this whole thing's going to blow up in their face. And, of course, if it isn't that, maybe it'll be Valerie Plame and Scooter Libby. Or if it isn't that, maybe it'll be uh, uh, Tom DeLay. Or maybe it'll be Duke Cunningham. Duke, Duke. i got to play that over and over again. Gene Chandler, man. Duke of Earl. Want to hear it? No. What year was it? Why not? A little bit. Now, let's see. How do you talk this one up? Just like that. Yeah, just like that. Okay. Well, that was big. In fact, I, I think, I could be wrong. Let me look at my book. I think that was released more than once, like Louie Louie. Not according to uh, my listing here. I beg your pardon? It's just got it listed under 62. Well, excuse me. I could be wrong about that, but I think you are. And then there's Daisy Dukes. Duke of Earl was number one for three weeks, January 27th, 1962, 11 weeks on the chart. Who the hell said it was re-released? Josh. Oh. Robert Creeper said it? Yeah. <laughs> Born Eugene Dixon, 7637 in Chicago, Gene Chandler, R.B. singer-producer, uh, joined the Duque's vocal group in 57. They first recorded for NAT in 61. Group recorded Duke of Earl under contract for NAT. However, VJ purchased the recording and released the record as by Gene Chandler. How do you like that? All right. Then he formed his own label, Mr. Chand, from 69 to 73. And he had some moderate hits, Just Be True, Bless Our Love, What Now, Nothing Can Stop Me, and Groovy uh, Situation. Never heard of any of them. Not a one. Did you? No. It was number one for five weeks on R&B charts. Duke Cunningham, Duke of Earl. House burns while man makes a food run. A man, and this is in Washington, a man who went out for a few minutes to buy food came back to find his northwest Washington house ablaze yesterday. A lady in the block uh, said, is that your house? I said, I hope not. Up to that point, I wasn't even sure, said Joe Howard. 
The fire was so intense and building so unstable that firefighters had to evacuate and resorted to battling the flames from outside. D.C. Fire and Emergency Medical Services Department spokesman Alan Edder said sections of the home were falling apart. Neither Howard nor any firefighters were hurt. The cause of the fire wasn't known. It was unclear if it would ever be found. Like the cause of that guy dying on the plane. Maybe he just died. <coughs> maybe, maybe God just smited him, you think? It's possible. Fire investigators will go in after it's determined safe to go in, and maybe that they'll never go in to investigate. Well, there you go. He went out for a quick bite and uh, bit him in the ass. Barbara Bach, I, I probably shouldn't read all these bedtime stories because that one crank caller was very uh, on edge, I think. The guy with a squeaky voice. How come we got so many people with squeaky voices lately? Oh, speaking of that, Gaudia, too. And then he comes back after Mad Dog with a Roberto Luongo show, live from Torino. Roberto Luongo, by the way, will be going to Torino. How do you like that for the Olympic uh, team? Why they're, why they're playing in these Olympics, I have no idea, because Gary Bettman's a schmuck. It's a very, very bad idea. After a year of no NHL, and then they build up all the momentum to where they are now. They build up the big mold. Do, 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 and like, oh, let's take a couple of weeks off. Although there's some guys that need to heal up their wounds. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? Don't you sometimes need a couple of weeks to heal up your wounds? Depends on what wounded you. WQAM, hello. Hey, how you doing? Neely. Oh, okay. Uh, listen, as I say, uh, there's a version of that that's done by Cypress Hill that was pretty cool from Duke of Earl. So I'm going to try that one. Cypress Hill, I don't know if George might know it. Cypress Hill. I don't know that version, sorry. No. No, it's, uh, it's a group named Cypress Hill. They came out with a, with a song from that. Uh, anyway, sorry, guys. Enjoy your day. Okay, thanks. Another squeaky voice guy. I, I think that's all the same guy. Well, I've always thought it was only like six different colors. Is that the Cypress, Cypress Creek? Yes, it is. Is that Duke of Earl? No, it's Cypress Hill. Oh, Cypress Hill. It's insane in the membrane. Oh. Don't you know. Rectum. Coming to QIM, hello. Hey, Neil, how's it going? Okay. Uh, no, that guy that killed off the uh, airplane. What? The one that uh, ran. Bailed out. Let's see you. Caught up well, again. I'll tell you one thing. What, what technology we got nowadays? In 2006, we've got the best damn technology. You know, these people go out and they buy these cheap cell phones. I think I think they get them like in a cereal box. You know, like we used to get in a cracker jacks box. You get like a little gas station cell phones, convenience store cell phones. The drug dealers use them. Yeah, like they have the throwaway little cameras. You know, we got throwaway cell phones now. Call any Roger show and then chuck it. WQAM, hello. QAM. There's another one. No more bedtime stories, please. Bye. Just for him, I'm going to read like 400 of them. Drop that, okay, Julio. Get back on a banana boat. And this time, don't make it. Get on a leaky uh, rubber raft with Catherine Harris. Oh, that Catherine Harris, man. What did you do about her episode on the plane? Wow. I'm not sure I can put that on the air yet. WQAM, hello. WQAM, hello. Neil, what's going on? I got one for you, Paul. Yes, sir. I got the, I was listening to uh, the Aaron Gill show this morning. What show? Uh, the Aaron Gill show and the uh, Cammy, uh, the uh, Annie Camelto show. What the hell is that? That's a show on Cyrus. You've been missing out. A show on what? On Cyrus. Cyrus? Yeah. What the hell is Cyrus? You mean Sirius? Yeah, Sirius. Are you, are you Yeah, Sirius? get Cyrus, will you? I think that's what they call it in Egypt. On Cyrus. Man, I'm going to tell you something. Your people need to be starting speaking English. That My people? Start, you know, getting, yeah, your people. Don't waste on me. Yeah, right. He was one of Everybody your people. Everybody with an accent people. is one of my He was people. calling from inside. Didn't uh -huh. you see when a stranger called? Right. He was inside your house. It is really to me. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. is unquenchable. His animal magnetism knows no bounds. He's a man. He's a beast. He's Bullwinkle. <laughs> Oh, Bullwinkle. Are you okay, dearie? Oh, Bullwinkle. Dear, are you having an asthma attack? 
You are. Somebody call an ambulance. Or a dirty no, take a deep breath now. Yes, that's right. You can talk dirty to Bullwinkle, too. Have the moose with antlers satisfy your every beastal desire. <sighs> Don't stop. <sighs> I'm almost there. You're almost here? Boy, if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Bullwinkle, make me scream. Well, okay. Your credit cards have been revoked. Yes, talk dirty to Bullwinkle. Call 1-900-MOOSE-ME. $2 the first minute, $6 each additional minute. The moose is waiting to talk to you. Hurry up and call. Bring me the food. Call 1-900-MOOSE-ME right now. 145 a QM, and the good news for you is that that last guy I called, he actually is in your house, and the even better news is that when you get home, he and your wife both will be gone. Gee, that would be See? sad or something. Things are really looking up now. Surprise, speaking of uh, you and your kids, surprise decision by Gallagher may change Broward school start day. Oh, my God. Not exciting? Gallagher the comedian? Yes. No, the magician, the one who, uh, oh. poof, uh, you're going back to school or you're never going. I don't know about kids in the, the South go to school anyway. They learn anything at all? Huh? No. She's just give no. like a, a certificate. No. Not in school they don't. Not in Florida. No, that's what I'm saying. She just gave me a certificate and said, I live in Florida, don't blame me. And they can, that's right. You know, instead of having like a diploma or something like that, just a piece of paper. A surprise turnaround by one Broward County school board member may lead to a latest school start date after all. Oh! Beverly Gallagher of Pembroke Pines now says she will back August 14 as the new starting date for the coming school year. At this time, as a prevailing vote, I would like to bring back the calendar uh, issue for reconsideration of the next board meeting. She wrote an email sent to the school superintendent this morning. The next meeting is February 21. On Tuesday, the school board voted 5-4 and started by date of August 9, which would begin school on a Wednesday. The decision sent the audience appearance pouring out of the boardroom furious, pissed off, and fired up. If no other board members altered their votes, Gallagher's switch would clear the way for school to start on a Monday, August 14. Why would you want to start on a Wednesday so people have to screw up their summer vacations, right? Right. Just to piss people off. Haven't we had enough tourists already with all the hurricanes and all the other crap that people are still trying to put their houses and their lives back together again? You idiots. You quizlings. You... You fairy. Gallagher wrote that angst over her vote to support the August 9th start date led her to have trouble sleeping Tuesday and Wednesday nights. She added maybe there was the rocks on the windows might have something to do with it. She added that she feared the decision meant the board lost credibility with the community. Oh, hey, she got, what time is her show on? By the way, is that last break really 90 seconds? What are all these 30s we got? That's why I got caught short on that first break. All these short breaks? That's right. When you meet that new sales manager, tell him that uh, the other guy was an idiot. Tell him to get with it. Good thing we got these ABC 30s, which I have no idea what they are. I'm sure we don't either, but, uh, boy, that's weak. One board member who voted on the opposite side of Gallagher on Tuesday said she was thrilled to learn the change of heart. Board member Stephanie Kraft, I applaud her courage. She said it takes a big person to step back. My group is divided between the 14th and the 21st, but unanimously they don't want the 7th or 9th. The extra five days makes a huge difference, said Stephanie. And I think she is... Absolutely correct. Ma'am. Right? Right. Don't be messing up people's summer vacations. I mean, like you tell me that my summer uh, schedule ends like uh, in August instead of like a week after Labor Day. Well, guess what? Your mama. Mm-hmm. No chance. So none of us on this show watched any of the uh, Emmy- Grammys last night. I was busy losing my winnings yeah. and getting back to even at Woodbine, giving them back what they were giving me. And you guys were plunging your uh, lungs eating at the uh, melting pot in Fort Lauderdale. I'm yeah, jealous. Yeah, we were. Uh, actually, I'm, I shouldn't be jealous. No, that would have killed you. Especially the you know, portion. I mean, I couldn't pass on all that stuff you described, the raspberry chocolate you know the, and, all, and the, the white main chocolate. The part, because you don't want to dip bread into the cheese, because you yeah. don't want to Why not? Get the bread. I sure would. Mm. Well, it was phenomenal, but you don't want to eat the bread. But the main core stuff is just like all kinds of meats and uh, things on skewers. Meats that, and cheeses. Uh, right. Christ. That you dip in there and, uh, and cook up. Wow. That part's all right for you. The mm-hmm. rest of us? Yeah. Oh, the marshmallows and the graham cracker crust and dipping that in the chocolate, that sounds beyond orgasmic. That sounds it, just it too was. good to be true. 
We almost passed out. Wow. Mm. The expected coronation. I mean, this is so. This is just. It reminds me of our poll yesterday on the people movies that they want to see over and over again in Blazing Saddles and Pulp Fiction. I mean, you know, I, I can't. It's like the vanilla ice cream factor all over again. You know, you're raving about the melting pot experience, which I'm sure was fab, fantastical. Fabulous. And a lot of these people, they want their vanilla ice cream. You know, it's just so bland and so boring. There are just too many boring people. Okay, boring. That's one reason I sit here and read these bedtime stories, because it sure as hell beats talking to most of these jackasses out there who sit there with no life. Oh, I'm going to call up and say no something life. stupid. I'm Cyrus. Idiots. That, that's that trio of uh, little Circle uh, circle K group. He sounded black to me. It was not black. The last caller? Are you starting again? You're like Susan Smith, man, always blaming the crap out of black guys, on the dark that's chocolate it. guys. I'm going to send Ray Naked. I'm sending Ray Naked after your uh, ass. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, well, after this morning, it's chocolate. I'll bet. Oh, brother. Just don't keep leading me there with those uh, lines, okay? <laughs> Joyce, do not... In fact, when you talk to uh, Joe Bell on Monday, you tell him that, uh, you know, I, I got nothing oh, to do your crap. About Joyce? You got to yeah. tell him about that whole uh, Joyce business? Yeah, yeah. I think he already That's knows that, but he's powerless because he, you know, he thought he was going to come in with the best of intentions and he was going to do this. Thing. And then he finds out he should remember because he knows he, he already was over there a kiss. He's been working for Beasley for quite some time now. He should know he's working for a bunch of nose pickers. I mean, even Greg Reed, uh, in my last conversation with him, hopefully the last ever, says to me, yeah, these people have no business going public. I mean, what an admission that was. Finally, after all these years, he admits he works for a bunch of tree-hugging, nose-picking, uh, banjo-picking uh, yahoos. Yeah, who don't, who don't like to pay their bills, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's always a really good, uh, you know, come buy our stock, and by the way, we don't pay our bills. <laughs> oh. I wonder if they, are they think they're taking up collections so they can buy those switches and light bulbs for this board here. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, none of them have gone out yet, Clarence, so don't, like, uh, you know, knock yourself out. Don't get too carried away. There's no emergency. And even if they do, I can just guess which ones are. Like, maybe if the mic switch. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like the one down there for about five years. Anyway, the uh, Grammys were on last night, and the fact that you two got five Grammys, th this, this is just madness. I think that this whole Bush thing and this whole uh, terrorist uh, crap, all, I think the public is just losing their mind mm -hmm. collectively. They won Album and Song of the Year, award that many observers are predicting we go to my Mariah Carey, which is even more scary. I mean, if, if that's the best we got, remember that poll we're taking like sometime when I feel like it? Which one? What is that called? It's called um, Somebody Who's Singing Sucks. Which of today's pop singers or groups is the worst? Someday next week we'll do that. I mean, Mariah Carey's already on there from last time, and certainly you too. I mean, you can't complain about their music because they don't make any. They don't do music. By winning in all five categories for which band was nominated, U2 brought its career Grammy total of 21 and earned its first album of the year since the Joshua Tree that took prize in 88. The old Joshua Tree from Guiding Light. And by the way, speaking of Guiding Light, we got no Lizzie, we got no Cassie, we got no Ross Marler who jumped to another soap opera, we got uh, as did Cassie, we got uh, no uh, Philip because he turned him down. What kind of a piece of crap is that? Next day, they, I think they are bringing Papa Bauer back in a box. Wasn't that on that 24 show, Jack Bauer in a box? I'll, I'll find out. I don't know what to say, Bono said. Well, how about the F word? Try that one again. Worked the first time. You two won a... Oh, I don't want to go through all that. But he acknowledged fellow Best Album nominees, Mariah Carey, Gwen Stefani, Kanye West, can you believe it? And Paul McCartney. Kanye. That's Kanye, your boy Kanye. But, that, but I don't say it that way because it, don't you understand? Can you believe it? You can't say, can you believe it? Well, I guess if you're a Brit, you could say, can you believe it? Careful. What? Mariah, you sing like an angel, he said. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Okay, I'll start saying, can you believe it? 
Carrie, who went to the 48th Grammys Tie for nominations, lead with 813. Uh, I don't want. I mean, that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. John Legend, a classical soul revivalist in the style of Alicia Keys. One best new artist and two more Grammys. Best male R&B vocal performance for the voice and piano single Ordinary People, which he performed on the telecast. And best R&B album for his debut collection, Get Lifted. Kanye, believe it? Sporting a blonde mohawk, Sly Stone walked on stage during all-star tribute to his music, cued by rock singer Stevie Tyler of Aerosmith. And he said, don't give me no lip. He played keyboard and sang a few lines of I Want to Take You Higher, then walked off stage with the song still playing. Madonna opened the show in a multimedia duet with animated band Gorillaz, a project of British rock musician Damon Albarn. The cartoon trio appeared. Okay, just play that. Just keep playing it. Well, let's hear some Can You Believe It or Can You Believe It? Oh, you want Kanye? I no, I, no, I don't. Gorillaz. Please, no. Please, no. I beg you, please. I'd rather hear um, uh, Smash Mouth. Well, you got Mariah going right now. She'll make you want to hear Kanye. Yeah. Kanye, get rid of her, please, Kanye. Boy, she... And by the way, Louise still ain't interested, okay, sweetheart? He ain't interested in that one big booby. If you ask me, she ought to got the booby prize there last night. So that's what you got for the Grammys is, uh, you know, you two, Mariah Scary. Sly and the Family Stone were good. I, you know, I would have enjoyed seeing that for about 40 seconds. They were pretty good. We Are Family. Huh? They could have brought back Bob Prince, the 79 Pirates. Right. Dave Parker, snorting up the chalk lines. It would have been a lot of fun. Pops, Pop Stargill, Chicken on the Hill with Will. I'm sure that jo Josh remembers all that. Oh, yeah, off the chain. <laughs> so I guess hope, hopefully somebody taped the uh, Grammys last night because all of us missed it, and we're pretty, uh, we're illing about it now. This is Neil Rogers. Rectum. This is 560 QAM. <laughs> This is Dan Rather, former CBS Evening News anchorman, and now, a punchline. My former network's inability to find a suitable replacement for me demonstrates my true genius and complete and total domination as an on-the-air talking head. But let us speak about some of the names who have been mentioned to replace me. First, Bob Schieffer. Nice enough man, but please... He's got less hair than Madonna's armpits. And everyone knows you can't conduct a train if you use Rogaine. Another name that has been bandied about is John Roberts, who currently anchors the Sunday CBS Evening News. There's a reason he's been on Sundays for so long. Plus, he's Canadian. And everyone knows when the camera light goes red, it can't be a hosehead. Then there's Scott Pelley from 60 Minutes. He was the guy who helped me make up the story about President Bush, I think. Plus, he's skinnier than Kelly Ripper. And everyone knows you have to have a meaty can if you want to be the man. And let's go from the ridiculous to the sublime. The frontrunner to succeed me seems to be current Today Show co-anchor Katie Couric. When I first heard her name in the same sentence as mine, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. This person thinks real news is announcing the individual weight of each of J-Lo's butt cheeks. Plus, her head's too small, her eyes are too close together, and she reeks of Jean Tay. When charged with the awesome task of replacing an icon, it's important to remember, you can't. You can only hope to find someone who isn't bald, Canadian, skinny, 
or so completely self-centered she thinks her name should be part of the Pledge of Allegiance. For now, this is Dan Rather signing off and reminding you a whistle is to blow, a gong is to bang, and Katie Couric has about as much to offer the world as a frog with pins in its extremities laying on a high school lab table. This is Dan Rather. Oh, we sure miss you bad, Dan, but we got uh, Okie Dokie on there right now, live from the Okie Finoki Swamp. Anyway, this afternoon, after I have a nice lunch, I need a nice big bowl of matzo ball soup. All right. Some of that Jew food. Right. Yeah, matzo. Yeah. What? Are you starting again with the anti-semantic crap of yours? No. I and then, to. after I have me a nice lunch, I'm coming back here. I'm going to watch Bare Ass Mountain. Right. I can't wait for the report. The virgin copy I have in my hand. And a nice green case, too. A nice uh, plastic case. That's right. Ooh. Special for you. A diviner case. It's green, and it's Thursday. Bye, bye, bye!